Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Yeah, World Cup dominates much of the papers this morning, as you can well imagine. More on that throughout the course of the morning. But I did see uh, somebody just gave me a very funny one. I think it was a Jerry Adams tweet over the weekend, and it was RTE giving out the uh, different matches and who'd be playing whom, who's going to play against who and where and what time. And one of the matches that Jerry Adams uh, got fixated on is a Group B uh, match, which is played today, um, which is the England match. Because when RTE put it down as, you know, the fixtures details, they put it down England versus IRA. <laughs> of course, imagine they had to change that to IRN. IRA being the first three letters of Iran. <laughs> So he found that funny. I kind of can admire a sense of humor, actually, to be honest with you. There are other, um, you know, stories that aren't so funny across the weekend. And this is the money, uh, nearly nearly 500 million euro of the government's housing budget for the first nine months of this year was not spent. I don't know what will happen to that budget if it doesn't get spent by the 31st of December, whether it goes into next year's or whether that department loses it. But wouldn't that just break your heart? Nearly half a billion euro of the government's housing budget for the first nine months of this year remains unspent. You just couldn't make this kind of thing up. Uh, many people upset with the news that broke over the weekend that the, uh, it's, let's put it like this as the Echo puts it, there certainly is uncertainty regarding the marina market's future. Um, they uh, make the papers this morning and, and everybody loves it. It's hugely popular. I was talking about it on the air earlier last week because I was down there and I had a fantastic uh, food there. It was really great. It was great buzz there and loads of businesses all seemingly thriving. But there would appear to be a planning issue down there. Uh, and um, and this is very, very sad to hear because it's been so popular. Now, it really and truly has been the jewel in the crown uh, for the last few years and is going from strength to strength. But the Echo this morning says that they went looking for retention planning um, and also for further planning to uh, extend the market's footprint. Uh, and when that got to Cork City Council, it was rejected. Now, there were a couple of observations made by different companies down in the area. So I will be coming back to this a little later on this morning, but it's a headline story making uh, the echo today, Marina Market Fears. I read it first. I think it was Cork Bio originally broke the story over the weekend. Uh, and I was thinking, oh my God. But when you look at the story a bit closer, there's a few, there's a few T's need to be crossed and I's dotted. And maybe that will happen now in hindsight. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. But more on that throughout the course uh, of the morning for sure. Your thoughts on the marina market are always welcome. Text 0868104106. If you lost it, would you miss it? Um, and if you haven't been there, I would suggest you go down and see what kind of a success story it is because it really and truly is. But then we have uh, a story that's very interesting because it, uh, the, these allegations that will be made and are being made by Gardaí will now become part uh, of a court case. And this is the uh, robberies of various post offices. The one on the South Douglas Road robbed twice and the one in Ballantemple robbed once. And the allegation now is that it's, uh, and these charges will be put uh, to Fintan Tindley from Mahan uh, in Cork City. And at the weekend, he appeared before a special sitting of Cork District Court where the Gardaí objected to bail. I won't say much about it now. It is making the newspapers man charged over post office robberies. And uh, Olivia Kelleher carries it in many of the papers this morning. But I won't do any more about it now because I'll be chatting with Paul Byrne from Virgin Media News on that topic in a few minutes' time. But then there's another story of a young man who was beaten up in Bishopstown and threatened to hand over the pin codes to access two phones, including an iPhone 12. 
2012. One of those now involved in this attack has been given a suspended jail sentence. A suspended jail sentence. The story of Aaron Mealy from Gronabraher that the robbery of the phones was carried out by another youth who was previously jailed and that Mealy got involved only in the latter end of the crime. This is the kind of thing that was being told in court and the judge noted that at sentencing and gave a suspended sentence. So, you know... It's kind of it's worrying when you read headlines in the Echo and places like that say no jail as man beaten up and phone stolen. But um, you know that's the story for you. Yet another assault and robbery. Papers this morning also talk of the line call of the World Cup. And uh, uh, this morning we're hearing of the minnows Iran facing the three lions. Oh my God! Imagine. That. Imagine what we'd have to put up with today if Iran beat England. Oh my God, it's coming home. Millions in the UK are going to bunk off work. Empty seats at the ceremony. Allegations that Qataris were paid to go to the match. And you'd kind of half believe that because many of them left early. Uh, So it dominates many of the papers today. One of the more interesting ones, and it's kind of like my weird sense of humour. It's the people who will be working from home. WFH will now be watching from home and I was reminded in the Times UK don't know whether if you're old enough to remember but way back in the day in the 1998 World Cup um, England had an opening game against Tunisia and I'll never forget it one of the greatest sports anchors of all time Des Lynam opened his uh, show for that match saying shouldn't you be at work because it was a lunchtime game. And here we are all these years later and people wondering again, are you going to be working from home or watching from home? But Gary Lineker then, um, I thought it was amazing because I didn't expect the BBC to allow Gary Lineker to do the monologue that he did at the start of the World Cup. I was sort of flicking between that and RTE. I think Tony O'Donoghue is playing a blinder already out in Qatar in fairness to him. He's not holding back either. But Lineker actually was quite withering in what he had to say with regards to Qatar. Tar uh, and the World Cup. Um, and while I'm on the topic, this, these are some of the things that Lineker had to say. And he's got into trouble in the past with the BBC uh, for things that he says, particularly in his own social media feeds. But have an aged. When they decided on Qatar. Ever since FIFA chose Qatar back in 2010, the smallest nation to have hosted football's greatest competition has faced some big questions. From accusations of corruption in the bidding process to the treatment of migrant workers who built the stadiums where many lost their lives. Homosexuality is illegal here. Women's rights and freedom of expression are in the spotlight. Also the decision six years ago to switch the World Cup from summer to winter. Against that backdrop, there's a tournament to be played. One that will be watched and enjoyed around the world. Stick to football, say FIFA. Well, we will, for a couple of minutes at least. Now, I found that extraordinary, because that's not a fanfare to open the World Cup in Qatar, and that probably, you would say, is a fanfare lacking that's endorsed by the BBC itself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lineker is always one who's never short a, a political opinion. I mean, but do you think he, opinion. would you think they knew he was going to say things like that? I, I think every broadcaster working on the World Cup understands the responsibility that they have to highlight that. So what's going to happen today now? 
Well, what's going to happen? Is, with, what's with going to the happen over the Kane, next for instance, week? and the taking the knee and the um, well, what is the talk now that there's love for all? Is it? Yeah, there's a talk that there's a new armband that they want to bring in that isn't the FIFA regulation what does it armband. Say? I think it says love for all, and it has uh, it's kind of the rainbow colours, and it's kind of in a, a sign of it. So, if the England know, team wear that, the the Kane gets booked. Kane gets booked before the game starts. Why only him? Because he's the leader, I suppose he's the one okay. who decides that they, you know, ultimately, like group decisions like that with a football team would end up going through the captain, which is why we were talking and about who got Maurice. Team the same, is it? And other teams too. French are, the French have gone back on it now. They've decided that they're not going to do it. Um, shock, shock, I have to say. <laughs> Sarcastically. Um, well, because, I mean, you look at what Lloris did last week when he said, well, it's all about the football. I mean, we were talking about it and I was telling you about Qatar's interests in France. So I can't say I'm surprised that the French are deciding to go back okay, on it. But I understand there's six or seven other countries there was a very very good piece I'm just trying to find it um, in the um, about the World Cup by written by Gavin Cooney in the 42 and uh, he basically said uh, FIFA awarding the World Cup is the equivalent of Caligula appointing his own horse to the Senate because you know there's a famous story about Which Caligula did, who, yeah. who appoints his favourite horse to the Senate they basically said this is essentially FIFA getting so high off its own supply that it's it's totally did lost you see the, run of the Qataris leaving yesterday did, prompting a question that they were told to go to the match or they were paid to go to the match I think I, I, I honestly I think the, the the actual appetite for football in Qatar hasn't dramatically changed in the last 10 or 15, to 15 years they're a country who all the players haven't played for their clubs in the last six months because they've decided to go on one big national training camp or they've played against a number of teams their last five matches have been against the likes of Nicaragua and Honduras so I have to say I wasn't entirely shocked that they struggled. Um, the interesting thing was the early offside call, which pe- you know people were there was talk in the build-up that referees were giving the Qataris loads of penalties to try and help them get over the line, and then Ecuador opens scoring with what looked like a perfectly fine goal in the and, second minute, yeah. and it was ruled out. Yeah, so there was yeah. a bit of talk about that, but ultimately, like that that game yesterday, football is politics. I'm watching I'm watching the Netflix um, scandal that is FIFA, hmm. going back to the days before Sepp Blatter and I'm watching it and I'm saying oh my god Ed, was there anyone who didn't have their but like, fingers in the till the hubris of Infantino Gianni Infantino who's now the FIFA president former UEFA president to say football and politics we should you know leave the politics aside and concentrate on the football and then a week later go to the G20 summit and tell Ukraine and Russia well lads if you don't mind Would not fighting each other for a month because of football yeah. because of sport it's just talking out of both what's sides what's this new mouth. song that Mark uh, Willington's given me apparently it's David Badil singing uh, when they decided on Qatar they should have checked the VAR <laughs> <laughs> just give it a run give it a run listen to this when they decided on Qatar I 
like it. I like it a lot. I like it so much. I want to hear the whole thing. It's so funny. David Benil is one of these people. He's like Michael Bublé. You know, they only ever hear him at Christmas. But like Benil, you only ever hear about him every four years when the World Cup comes along and they announce a new version of it. All right, nice one for now. And other stories making the papers today. I was talking about watching from home. Well, back to working from home. It's in the front page of the Independent this morning. Staff are in line for payouts if your firm unfairly refuses to allow you to work remotely. Uh, power to the employees more so these days, and rightly so, I suppose, in many regards. But employers face having to compensate workers with up to four weeks' pay if they don't give adequate reasons or consideration for their personal situations when dealing with requests for remote working. The thing about remote working, though, is that apparently productivity rates have not gone down. They have gone up. Uh, and I know that's a fairly broad sweeping brush. I get that. But anyone that I've been talking to or anyone involved in remote working, if it's possible, not every, I mean, I couldn't clearly do it, obviously couldn't do it properly, but others certainly can. Apparently they work harder. And those that are working want to continue to work. And that's why it's upsetting that the butcher's block, uh, two shops in Cork have closed without any warning, in, not just for customers, but also for staff. So more on that as well throughout the course of the morning. But I was reading in the Independent this morning that butchers are closing now at the rate of one butchers every three days. And they have been so hard hit, apparently butchers, traditional butchers, that their costs, as reading this morning, have gone up 300% or more. They're so energy dependent that the scenario now means that more of them just can't hack it. And they have photographs in the Independent this morning of butchers holding up utility bills. So that makes the papers as well. We are seriously struggling now to cope with the surge of arrivals into Ireland. And we have a terrible big problem with undocumented arrivals into Ireland. You may have seen video footage of the weekend of a coachload of um, young men getting off a massive big coach in Dublin and there was a lot of protests there in Dublin because of it because people were wondering where are you from you're not fleeing war uh, have you got proper documentation so it's caused a lot of division but the number of undocumented asylum seekers arriving at Dublin airport has doubled to over 4,000 uh, since last year and I've been telling you the story some weeks ago uh, and this was confirmed to me by people working on board aircrafts that people on board are literally tearing up their fake passports mid-flight and stuffing them down toilets or down behind seats on the aeroplane. So that's a worry. And then lots of issues then regarding how we live our own lives, exercise and the crisis amongst children age nine and under. They're just not participating in out-of-school activities, according to the Mail this morning. In fact, more than half of nine-year-olds now own a fairly swanky phone and they play less and they read less and they're stuck in the mobile phones more than ever before. And for everybody else with a mobile phone, one in three people, apparently, according to the Indo today, there's some research out, a survey of digital trends was done by Deloitte and they found that one in three people admit to checking their phones over 50 times a day. I can tell you now, boy, that there are people not too far from me in my life and in different places who check their phones more than 50 times an hour. Never mind 50 times a day. And in other stories then, we have lots of issues regarding safety. Uh, some of it has to do with on our roads. Wasn't that an awful story of a young girl of 16 in the backseat of a car, stolen and crashed? Um, and she could well be now left to live the rest of her life in a wheelchair. She's got a broken hip, broken pelvis. This is a story from last Friday. She may never walk again. 
the guy that stole the car actually, Dale Fogarty, died in the crash. And then they talk in the mirror this morning of one in four banned drivers still being on the road in spite of the fact that they've been disqualified. And the papers also talk of Black Friday and the worry um, particularly with regards to online shopping and the, the absolute scourge in the surge of credit card fraud, debit and credit card fraud has hit the highest level in years now. And banks are very much front and centre. I was telling the Guardian last week, we're talking about it. Watch out with deals that you think are too good to be true, true on Friday or indeed Cyber Monday. The examiner says that fraudsters are, see, are stealing 45 million euro from Irish consumers every single year and a lot of it across the online shopping days. And then many people claim to be very nervous about what they can and can't spend uh, this side of Christmas, which is weird, really, because you see a story then in the sun that says that champagne sales are going through the roof. Don't know why. Maybe people want to drink champagne this Christmas because they'll have more people over like they didn't have throughout uh, COVID. And just one or two more. I love this little one in the mirror. You know, Christmas can be fun, but it can also be very stressful. A lot of the time we get it all wrong. We get worked up in the shopping and the panic and the stress and the anxiety attached to it. And we forget really that you should chill a lot more over Christmas and just take it easy. But the things that get people tangled up, apparently, wrapping awkwardly shaped objects, getting the timing just right for Christmas dinner, faking enthusiasm for gifts. Um, It's a survey done by Tesco, and there's a lot more than that, but I I, I really can feel for the wrapping awkwardly shaped uh, presents. Untangling lights, though, for me, would be the one that should be top of the tree, if you'll pardon the pun. You put them away, and you don't really give much thought to putting them away properly, knowing that next year you're going to need them again. You take them out, and it's just like spaghetti junction. Are the days gone now that you could have one rogue blown bulb and it shags up the whole thing for hours and hours on end and can lead to... Am I just... Is this just my confession? Does other people feel like this as well? The Neil Prenderville Show on Quartz Red FM. Two-time gold winner at the Emerald Radio Awards 2022. Lines open, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Straight to the phones we go, actually, because there's been quite an amount of breaking stories on Leaside over the past few days. Can I start, actually, with uh, a 49-year-old man? This is Barry Roach's copy from the Irish Times this morning. 49-year-old man held up staff in three separate post office raids in Cork inside the space of a week. Apparently in order to get money to travel to America to meet his fiancée, who he met online. These are Garda allegations that were made in court when they objected to bail after charging the man with three separate robbery offences. He is an HSC home care assistant by the name of Finton Tindley from Mahan. Um, and he was charged with robbery and attempted robbery of the South Douglas Road Post Office on the 11th of November and again, more recently on the 18th, and also the robbery at Ballon Temple Post Office in the middle of those two on the 16th of November. Now, uh, just to get the backstory to this and the update, Paul Byrne joins me from Virgin Media News. Paul, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, where, to, where to begin, I suppose? Um, I've, I've outlined the three allegations, two of them from the South okay. Douglas Road Post Office and the other yeah. from Ballon Temple Post Office. But talk us through the story yourself. Um, As you said, uh, Fintan Tindley appeared in court yesterday after being arrested last Friday. And if if I I backtrack so slightly, uh, the 11th of November... Just move around a little bit, Paul. I'm suffering a bad phone line here and I want to be able to hear. Yeah. 
Can you hear me? Is yeah, that any better? yeah, go for it, Jesse. Okay. Tell you better. Let's backtrack slightly. Uh, the 11th of November, these are all allegations. Remember that this man is innocent and proven guilty, and allegations that he entered the South Douglas Road Post Office on the 11th, which was last Friday week, and he allegedly held a knife to the throat of a person in their 70s, demanded cash, and he got away with 2000 Euro. A couple of days later, Wednesday, the 16th of uh, November, he allegedly entered Ballon Temple Post Office wearing again a hat and a mask and allegedly put a knife to the throat of someone in their 40s. He allegedly got away with €1,300. And then last Friday, he allegedly went back to the South Douglas Road Post Office uh, again uh, terrorised a customer who was in their 40s, demanded money but the staff there pressed the panic button and he fled empty-handed. Now, <clears throat> Gardy had no real description of the alleged suspect in the raids, but what they did have, and they didn't release this because they were keeping it very, very uh, tight, is that they believed that he had used a gold-coloured or orange-coloured Nissan Qashqai while he was uh, attempting to flee the scenes. So that was kept under under wraps. But again, last Friday, once the staff member in the post office pressed the panic button, all Gardaí in the city responded. Uh, Basically, the south side of the city, Turner's Cross, Black Rock, Douglas, was flooded with squad cars, flooded with branch cars, flooded with the armed response unit. And about 20 minutes after the alleged robbery, attempted robbery on the south Douglas road where he left empty-handed, Detective Superintendent Sean Healy and Detective Inspector Danny Collin, both from Anglesey Street Garden Station, spotted this Nissan Qashqai parked up in Centra on the South Douglas Road. They approached the car and inside the car was Fintan Tindley smoking a cigarette, apparently cool as a cucumber, and he was subsequently arrested a couple of uh, minutes later by another detective, guard, Detective Garda Kevin Motherway. He was taken to the Bridewell Garda station, and that's when his period of questioning then uh, commenced. Okay, okay. Did he say anything when charged? Basically, he said, I'm sorry, the charges of two accounts of robbery were put to him, as well as one count of attempted robbery, and he replied, I'm sorry. That's the That's it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> response he allegedly gave to Detective Garden Motherway in, in, in the Bridewell. Now, Solicitor Dahi O'Donovan was representing Tindley in court yesterday. He made an application for bail. Uh, Garthy uh, strongly objected to bail, citing numerous grounds. Um, basically, they said, look, they believed that this man was funding uh, attempts to travel to the US to meet up with his girlfriend, whom he met online some time ago. They alleged that he had met her in March and July of this year, that he had actually travelled to uh, the States, and that they were now engaged. They believed that anything that he was up to, that he was trying to fund his trips to the States, and that he wouldn't come back to the jurisdiction, that he was actually a flight risk, and they were said, no, he won't come back. Okay. Now, also inside in court, it was um, stated that his girlfriend that he's, alleged, uh, that he's engaged to had absolutely no knowledge of what was going on because it did emerge in court that um, he made a full and frank admissions under caution while he was being quizzed. He said he had already sent €19,000 in money to his girlfriend in the States. And he also it was also alleged in court that um, Tindley had told Gardy that money taken from Douglas and Ballantemple had already left the country and that was totaling around three grand and that he had posted that 
to the States since the times of the robberies. Right, right. to his, his girlfriend via his Skype. Girlfriend, who yeah. again is totally innocent in, okay. the, in this yeah. investigation. Yeah. Knew nothing about what was going on. Just, to, just backtracking uh, for a moment though, um, the yeah. Guardi will allege in court that they found a distinctive knife with a four-inch blade in the car. And they also That's will right. say that they found distinctive clothing in the car which matched those worn by the raider and the robberies, just for the, for the record. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, because um, they, were, they got pretty um, good CCTV from all of the locations. And they also discovered a hat close to Ballon Temple Post Office. And uh, all of these clothing matched the clothing that the suspect was wearing in, in, in the getaway. Also, incidentally, it came out in court that Tindley is a regular customer at Ballon Temple Post Office. And Gardaí, again, were concerned that if great bail was granted, that he would actually interfere with witnesses. So, you know, that was another one of the other grounds. Well, it's also interesting because I wasn't aware of it at the time. I knew that the Gardaí would allege that he put a knife to a woman's uh, throat in Ballantemple. I was I knew about um, putting a, a, a knife to a 77-year-old male customer <laughs> in on the South Douglas Road, but they're alleging that he had a, a knife to the throat of a 44-year-old woman uh, when he made off with 1300 in Ballon Temple. So that's new news as well. There, there that's were, right. Yeah, there were, there were some other stories then. Uh, Olivia Kelleher is carrying it in many of the papers this morning uh, that he um, had some uh, dealings because he was a, a home care assistant. Yeah, he's a home care assistant. And obviously, you know, that is basically, um, it, it, they were described as being frail and elderly people that he would call to their homes in the morning, you know, get them ready for their day, maybe help them to shower, help them to get dressed and, you know, make breakfast. You know, the home helps call in for a, a 20 minutes or 30 minutes and, and do what they can for, their, for, the, for the person. Okay. But it was alleged in court that Kindley had... Um, a widow of one of the gentlemen he used to care for in the past, it was alleged that he'd actually borrowed €3,000 from this lady and that he had also allegedly borrowed €400 from another man whom he works with as a care assistant. And it also transpired in court that he had borrowed €27,000 from a credit union, €10,000 from a bank. And again, Gardy believed that he was uh, gathering money to, to fund his uh, trips over to the States and to, to rebuild his life over there, as mm. it were. Mm. Um, it, um, it, it, it was an interesting bail hearing, really, I suppose, you know. Mm. <laughs> yeah, um, and, that, and that's the it. reason why bail wouldn't have been granted in the sense that they did believe and the judge believed it, that he would be a flight risk uh, if he were out on bail. Yes, yes. I mean, you're, 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 look, I mean, again, in, in court yesterday, Detective Garth Motherway said that these um, charges, if convicted, could face life in prison. Um, so, I mean, you know, the, the judge had to weigh up all, all her options there yesterday and uh, listened very, very carefully to the evidence from the guards and uh, bail was subsequently denied. He was then remanded in custody. It was also said that because of the allegations and the charges that he's uh, facing, that there's no prospect that he'll lose his job as a care worker. Mm. Mm. Uh, wh- when is the next court apparent, appearance, incidentally? Uh, 23rd, which is... Uh, Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday. That'll be via video, via video link. He's now in custody at Cork Prison on Rathmore Road. And he'll be there until, you know, if he's granted bail, he can go to the High Court with his solicitor, Gary O'Donovan. They may make an application at the High Court. But um, Gardy will be strongly objecting to any bail 
in, in this case. Okay, okay. So that's for Wednesday and we'll return to that story yes. midweek. Just before you go, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you're usually across all stories. I was hearing this morning of uh, an assault on a woman found seriously injured on a roadside. This is a story from late on Saturday in from Moy, a place called Sheep Walk. Do you know anything about it? Yeah, I do. Um, it's um, basically, I think there was this woman, she was in her 20s, uh, apparently she was at a party somewhere in Formoy on Friday night into the early hours of Saturday morning. And um, she seemed to have left the party and didn't return home. And she was reported as a missing person. And Gardi became extremely concerned for her welfare, so much so that they actually started to ping her phone. And the phone was eventually traced to, as you said, sheep walk in Formoy. And there they found um, this young woman in her 20s. Um, they're investigating what they're describing as an alleged assault, a serious assault of this woman at Sheep Walk in her 20s. She was taken to um, hospital for an examination. She had suffered um, some bruising and cuts. And uh, unfortunately, some of her clothing was missing as well when she was discovered by the emergency Isn't department. that heartbreaking? So, heartbreaking and look, they're investigating at this time. No arrests have been made but all inquiries are being, are being carried out by uh, detectives in Formoy. Thanks for that update. Um, watch this space for an update Wednesday yeah. following the court. Oh, incidentally, on a much lighter note, on a much lighter note, a little birdie told me that you actually attempted the new Don Kettle interchange the weekend. No, not there. He probably won't... Uh, probably. He probably wouldn't admit to of making a hames of it anyway, but apparently, apparently he did, which actually doesn't say much because undoubtedly I would do the same. I must give it a go one of these days soon. Um, but God almighty, you want to take a course on it first. You know, an awful lot of people actually are afraid to use the likes of the Dunkettle Interchange and many other people are the same about the Kinsale Road one. Anyway, lines are open. Text 86 Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Okay, staying with uh, stories on Side, the Marina Market fears is one big one, of course, because everybody loves it so much. The other one was uh, news over the weekend that the Butcher's Block, which has butchers, apparently, all butcher shops, if you like, all, all over the country, I'm told, I heard that uh, the ones on Side had just closed. It was, uh, you know, unannounced. It just happened. And I was actually in Douglas Court myself doing a bit of shopping uh, yesterday morning and the shutters were down and it said, sorry for any inconvenience, but this shop is now closed. For any queries, contact the office at butchersblock.ie and nothing more than that. But I was curious as to what the story is with regards to the staff who are working there, uh, whether it was in Blackpool store or indeed uh, in Douglas Court Shopping Centre. Uh, Podge is one of the now ex-workers. This time last week he had a job. This morning he has none. Podge, good morning. Good morning. What happened? Had you any inkling, incidentally, that things weren't going well? Well, you can tell you now, Neil, the last week alone we had a bit of an inkling that something was going to happen, but we didn't think it was going to happen on Saturday, you know. Okay, well tell me why you had some inklings that all wasn't right. How many staff, incidentally, on both sides of the league? In both shops, uh, there was about 15 in total. Okay, all right. So um, you say there was an inkling, why? Um, it was just the way they were, so like, come, they were like, they told us that... Um, there was a player at the start actually onto our manager saying that they weren't getting paid. So that was like, okay, why aren't the players getting paid? Then um, the Nighting Brothers, the owners, came to the shop, told us they were having problems with the cash collectors and that they'd be collecting the cash themselves. The security company collecting the cash, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. I don't want to name them. Because That's okay. Okay. Whatever. That's fine. Good man. But, um, um, 
they were saying they were having a problem with the cash collectors and that they'd be collecting the cash from the, the shops themselves. Okay. So that was kind of another kind of red flag, to be honest. Um, yeah. other, other, that, was, that was mostly it, really, you know. Okay. But what about custom? Was custom down? Were there less people shopping? I mean, I, I don't know the Blackpool one, but I certainly know Douglas Court, and it was the finest butcher shop. The, the displays were just gorgeous. Yeah. We like we would have been the same fairness needs man. We, I don't like, doubt it. I don't doubt it. Yeah, like we would have been doing about um, roughly about sixteen, seventeen grand a week, like roughly. Mm, mm. So things couldn't have been that bad. In fairness, if they were doing that money. Okay, so you were hearing that employ that um, uh, providers and those providing, um, I guess, produce weren't being paid, and that the takings yeah. were being collected on a daily basis. Was it? They were no. They were they, they collected the takings um, on Thursday and they collected them again on Tuesday. Uh, sorry, on Tuesday and they collected them again on Thursday. Okay, okay. Twice, like they they done it twice. You know, they and, didn't do it. Okay, so uh, then uh, the then then when did staff begin? When did staff hear that they were closing and the jobs were gone? Well, I was on Saturday. I was due to begin my shift at eight o'clock and I got a phone call at seven saying I had no job. A phone call from the manager of Blackpool, is it? I got a phone call from the assistant manager. His name is uh, Mindaugas. He rang me to tell me that our jobs were gone because the manager, his name is Marcus Winiarski, he got a text at about 3 or 4 in the morning from the owner saying that we're closed and there's no point in the staff coming to work along those lines. Okay. Uh, and then... Um, a letter was sent to staff saying due to the severe economic conditions we regret to inform you yep. that we have ceased, ceased trading from the 19th due to the dire financial position of the company we cannot pay any entitlements due to employees holidays back weeks statutory redundancies we're arranging for the appointment of a liquidator in the coming weeks the liquidator will be able to arrange with the Department of Social Welfare for the payment of your statutory entitlements we will unavoidably um, however this will unavoidably take several weeks to arrange Contact your local social welfare office to claim your benefits. Uh, please let us know of any paperwork that you may need, etc., etc., etc. Any queries, contact the office. Yours sincerely. Um, it's a, it's a rather cold to whom it concerned letter. There's no thank yeah, you for your service. We're terribly sorry or anything like that. Isn't it quite cold? Yeah. It's not even that. It's not even um, uh, our statutory notice. We weren't given any notice whatsoever. So I mean, we got a phone, a text as two or four in the morning saying that. We're gone, you know? Yeah, you, you heard the story this morning that butchers are closing at the rate of uh, one every three days and much of it has to do, not with lack of customers, but huge amounts of costs, including energy costs. Oh, yeah, I understand that, Neil, but like, I didn't say, like, we all the families in bills to pay, you know? We were given no notice whatsoever, which is a disgrace. And this side of Christmas now, this is seriously going to impact on 100%. staff, isn't it? I mean, tell me about your own situation, if you don't mind me asking. Have you a partner? Um, have you children? I, I'm married with two young kids. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Um, there's staff in board shops in the exact same position I am in. There's the lad I was working with <coughs> from Poland. He's a one-year-old, he's a one-year-old daughter. And his, his partner is actually working in the Douglas branch. So the board of them are going to work with a one-year-old five weeks before Christmas as well, you know? <laughs> it's a disgrace. And it, will, it take, will it take weeks to get any kind of social welfare intervention? 
see, I, um, it's still kind of fresh. I'm going into the social, literally, I'd say, after the phone call, see where I stand, but we didn't get any P45 or anything off them, so we don't Does know it? what to do, like, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and tell me, w- would you would you manage to get a job quite quickly, I wonder? Aren't we crying out for butchers? I applied for the job already, but see, that's not the point either, you know? Um, you still have to do your training, you still have to do your weekend end, so what's the job you getting paid before Christmas? Yeah, I know. And w- were were the tips taken as well? Did somebody tell it's me? Just, yeah, the, the, well, when we when I found out, um, we all messed down outside the shop um, Saturday morning. We couldn't get in the back door because they were after breaking the key in the lock. So we went down the front, and they were after turning off the power inside the shop, so we couldn't put up the shutter. But we could see into the shop, and they were after gutting the place. To be honest, they took the tip chair, they took everything that was on the counters, they even took the display lifts above the counter as well. But the the killing thing was they had the neck to take the tip chair, like you know. The tip jar with all of your tips were taken, you tell me, most definitely. Yeah, they took, yeah, they took our tip jar, like. And tell me, Blackpool Shopping Centre must have known of this in the middle of the night, and Douglas no, Court, I, must, no, no, they didn't because when they when no. they collected when they collected um, when they collected the the cash on Thursday. My manager got into the centre manager and asked him, was our lease okay? Because he had a bit of a, a feeling. But the manager told us that, <coughs> that the lease is paid up to date. So we were like, okay, we're okay for a while anyway, you know. But so, so neither shopping centre would have to give permission for everything to be taken out in the middle of the night? I don't think so. As far okay. as I know, okay. there would be no permission. Um, okay. there's, there's, there's CCTV, CT, sorry, CCTV footage of three vans pulling up beside our shop. Um, after after closing the work okay. before before midnight, so I don't know the exact time. Okay, okay. But, well, um, then maybe that's a question for others then. But let me ask yeah. you because I am hearing that people were customers were paying uh, in stamps and installments. Were yeah. they explain yeah. how that works? Like we have a machine inside the shop. You put two euro into the machine and it gives you a stamp, and you have your like savings book. Lots of people would have had them for Christmas, you know, just so they kill the cost of buying a yeah. cookie and ham and whatever else. Yeah. You know yourself, like, it's just basically a savings book. And there's, I'd say, a lot of people in both in both branches that are out of, I'd say, a few hundred at least each, if not more, you know. They were paying away, like, a manage so that they wouldn't yeah, have to yeah, lash out. In, they were, yeah. yeah, they were coming in, say, buying their, would you say, their pound of mints and whatever else, and they were showing whatever, say, if they had two, four, two, two, Two euro, four euro left over. They throw into the savings machine and get their two, four euro savings and so and about their business. There are customers then who are out of pocket and now will become yeah. creditors themselves. <laughs> exactly. There's lots of people out of pocket. Out of pocket. Lots How of long did you work there, Podge? I'm work, I was working there um, almost eight years. <clears throat> but other staff were longer. Sometimes eighteen to twenty years, I believe. Yeah, the manager was there 20 years, as far as I know, and the system manager was about 18, and there was one or two other fellas there longer than me as well. Yeah, so. yeah. How does it so, make you feel, this side of Christmas? It's heartbreaking, to be honest, and very, very angry as well. Understandably. Let me talk to Tracy, if you don't mind. Thanks for taking the call, Podge. Sorry yeah, to hear the cheers. news, man, but thank you. You laid out the story very well for me, and thank you for it. Tracy, good morning. Is she on? Sorry, my apologies. She's actually moved lines. Tracy, good morning. Can you hear me now? Morning, Neil. Okay, morning. you're a fellow staff member with ex staff member with Podge. Is that right? Yeah, we work in the Blackpool store. Okay, okay. can I just Sorry, ask you? Can, now you're grand. You're only chatting with me. Can I just ask you first about customers who had been putting money aside? Would there have been a substantial amount of people doing that? Um, every day they'd have their little um, rewards card and they'd add on their money to whatever they whatever they buy in. 
it's handy because they'd always say, oh, I keep my points for Christmas and I'll get towards my turkey or anything. Or I got a lady in uh, the middle of last week buying a 50 or a gift voucher. She was going to maybe pass to somebody or... And I think, she I hope she gets to use it. Gift vouchers, yeah. And if they did two euro spare coin, they'd get their stamps from the machine and save up their little book and they'd use it towards Christmas. But... Yeah, yeah. Here's the, know, yeah, here's the so reality wrong. of it. You have you have two girls, one sixteen, one twelve. Yeah. And you, you know yourself, the older they get, the more expensive they get. And the presents get more expensive and Santa Claus mm-hmm. can't bring anything and Mammy and Daddy no. have to buy some things and you have to budget for all of that. Yeah. Yeah. But you need a and job to, honest, to do that. Of course, and to be honest, like uh, it's the fact it's the sneaky way they went to go things and done it. Because I finished work. I closed up Friday night with uh, my assistant manager and mopping away, cleaning everything down, getting ready for the morning. I just had a weird feeling that this is going to be my last time mopping this floor. This is Why? Why did you think that? I don't know. It's just something in the back of my head, maybe. And then to be told that literally probably an hour or two later, they came in the back door when we closed and gutted the place. They literally took the light bulbs from the ceiling. All the display cabinets and everything went, did they? And all yeah. of the stock as well. Everything. They took our tip jar and, like, we we knew, like, the seven of us in the Black Booth store kind of knew that, look, we're not going to get a bonus this year. So whatever tip jars the customers always give us, we'd split equally. And we said, that's our little Christmas tip now for the seven yeah, of us. Yeah. It's also that's, appreciation that's, that's from customers. Now. It's actually a loyal appreciation from customers. Yeah, yeah, because we won't get no, you get no appreciation from the owners. We never did. Um, they just come in, how much is in the till, scream and shout at the managers and walk back out the door. Ah, uh, well, I mean, that's a, bit, that's, None of that. that's a bit heavy-handed to say scream it and shout at like the managers. never like that. No, always. Really? It's always, it was always an atmosphere when they came in. Yeah. Always, there was always something wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. I'm just devastated. Like, we all have kids, we all have bills. I mean, and five weeks to Christmas. What am I going to do, right? It's never, it's never a good time, but this side of Christmas, and it literally is only weeks away, it's an awful worry, isn't it? It's an awful yeah. worry. Will you manage, do you think? I've no other choice, have I? To go to social work, I know, and see what happens. And mm. Mm. It's just, and you're, if I, like, when we left the store, Saturday, because we all met outside the shop, and even walking through the mall, and... People are looking, and you're getting this sympathy smile, and they all—they're all going mad for us because we we great time for our customers. And was it was business quiet, or was it going fairly well? No, because we usually have a sale come November, and that we heard uh, only a couple of days beforehand that oh we're scrapping the sale now because things are too expensive. They're like okay, going so we'll get Christmas out of it anyway. But the very next day to come down and. Have an empty shop. And I know. Not I know. even a text. Like he just—he literally just only texted my manager and oh. made him get onto all of us. Then it's the manner in which it was handled, amongst other things, of course. And added to that, yeah. no holidays, no back week, no statutory redundancies. They would claim that they don't have it. It's gone to a liquidator, and they're recommending your port of call now should be the Department of Social Welfare for a statutory entitlement, which would be quite small. And God knows when you get it. But I can't understand how they're still trading up in their two stores in Dublin then. And how many shops do they have around the country, do you know? I think six. I think there's six. There's Douglas, Blackpool, Dungarvan, Port Leash, 
Um, Tala and Sandiford, I think. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I've got uh, I got Mindegos after after ten to chat with. He's also a butcher. He's my, yeah, he's my assistant manager. Oh. He actually closed up with me now on the Friday. All right, I'll chat with him yeah. after ten, Tracy. All right. Thank you. Nate. So sorry to hear it, but thank you for taking the call. I know it's a worrying time for you. Appreciate it. Yeah, Look bye. after yourself. Take care. Thank you. Cheers. Uh, text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. I see a lot of texts coming in actually from you guys listening with regards to this closure and the manner in which it was handled. Back after ten. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. Oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Red FM. All right. So it's the manner in which this was handled and the staff were dealt with. Quite a lot of texts on this. It's time now for the government to treat these workers like they do refugees coming into the country. Pay them. Sort their social welfare and medical cards right now. Uh, the butcher's block got very expensive lately. I gave up going and getting meat there. The bodice got very expensive and I was told it was over the war in Ukraine. I said to the guy, we export pigs. Uh, so what's that got to do with the war in Ukraine? Morning, I'm one of those old school butchers. The last of the real apprentices, if you like. And what, from what I can gather, Neil, supermarkets have the butcher trade destroyed. So thank you for those. Uh, the last three years, I had customers paying for their Christmas dinner with the stamps they collected loyally all year here at the butcher's block, sometimes with three saving cards built up. Me and my son now have no job to go to and Christmas around the corner. No government to blame in this in, in this situation, so don't be fooled. Geraldine says, thinking of all the great workers that work so hard every day and had the shop immaculate. So sorry for you all. I hope to God you get what you're owed and more. Well, it looks increasingly unlikely and certainly the manner in which it was happened, it happened. Not, you know, notwithstanding that there are customers, of course, who had been saving for Christmas. And that's probably, I don't know what's going to happen. Customers are being told, like everybody else, to email office at thebutchersblock.ie. But the employees and the manner in which they were treated leaves an awful lot to be desired. Amongst them is, is uh, Mindegoss. I think he's uh, a butcher himself and may have been, may have been manager in Blackpool. Mindegoss, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Are you the, are you the man, were you the manager of Blackpool? I'm assistant manager. Assistant manager. You worked there for what, 18 years? Yeah, over 18 years. Yeah. Was it your first yeah. job you got when you came here? That's the first my job, yeah. Okay. When did you notice that all wasn't right? Well, to be honest, no. Uh, we we get uh, some messages from our suppliers, you know, because, uh, you know, supplier bringing the stuff and they were saying, look, listen, you have to contact your bosses because that's your last, uh, last uh, uh, basically, supply. And then... then because they know, weren't being paid, is it? They won't be paid, yeah. And some of them won't be, won't, won't be paid... Uh, three, two months, you know. Okay. So it so was that, suppliers that, flagged the issue to you originally. They weren't getting paid. Okay. Right. Basically, yeah. And okay. then we get on to our bosses and we try to get a, someone have to explain for us what's going on, you know. Why? Because my my job is to order meat or, or stuff and, and sell it, you know. Yes. With, with the margins, whatever they want. So for me, it was that's that's that first thing was well, that we was trying to figure out what, what's going on. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no one, no, no one actually, no one expect that gonna be that way done. You know, like I be honest now with you, that that company was sold for those people eight uh, four years ago. Uh, the previous owner was Tom Cribben. And he was nice guy. He was really nice guy to deal to 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 
to work for him. Yes. But okay. The, the, these these three guys who bought the company four years ago. They took they over. Just, okay. Well, we won't. We won't. Best not to try and overly personalize things because that could get you into a, a bit of hot water. But let me just ask you this: everything that you were getting from your suppliers and you were, um, you know, putting out on the shelves and in the fridges, it was all selling, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't. It wasn't that. It wasn't about not being able to sell businesses were good business was running the same like like always you know maybe we have a little bit less customers because the prices go up you know maybe people will have opportunities to get something in a different okay. source yeah, like, yeah you know but 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 uh, and undoubtedly yes. your your energy costs went up right well, you see, I'm, we, we are not really in it. Like, I, I don't know how much they're paying. For I, know, the I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And then was it the case that the owners would come and, take, and collect the takings that previously had been collected by a security company, is it? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that that's as well another, another kind of... Red flag. For us, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then because when I, we... Uh, then, yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead. Because I, I tell to my manager, I say, when, when they're going to start to collect money themselves, that's going to be it, you know. Because we know, everyone probably know that those money, what we, they was taking, it was taken to the pocket like. Okay. Okay. And then did you get a text or something in the middle of the night or what happened? Yeah, my manager got the text. Uh, it was quarter past one in the morning okay. that uh, you don't need to come to work anymore and tell to your staff that... Uh, Basically, the shops are closed and business is closed. That's that's it. And I have the to whom it concerns letter then that was sent to all of the staff then saying, uh, cease trading, regret to inform you, uh, we can't pay entitlements, um, a liquidator has been appointed, we suggest you go to the local social welfare officer to claim benefits. What impact will that have on you and your family? Well, you see... In my family, it's a situation that way uh, that uh, my wife is on a disability pension and I was only one who was bringing money to the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have two kids, two teenagers, which uh, is another another story, you know. It's hard hard to tell them that, look, listen, this Christmas is going to be a little bit different than the, than the previous. Have hour. you said that to them yet? Not yet. But you will have to say that. I have to, yeah. Okay. Are you owed wages? What is it? Are you owed wages? Yeah, they, they didn't pay for us last week, wages. So nobody got paid last week? No. Okay. No. Okay. We didn't get our wages for last week, what we worked, and we didn't get anyone of uh, who left any holidays, they, they're not going to get them as well. Okay, so holiday pay... But last yeah. week's wages weren't paid. Weren't paid, yeah. Right, okay. Do you think that those wages will be paid? Mm, I don't think so. Right. So you will go to social welfare now? Yeah, I think today we're going to do that, you know, okay. everyone. Okay. Um, what, what about customers, though? Just they, they also had little savings accounts and stamps, you know, so that they didn't have to spend a big amount of money. They were... They were paying in advance. Um, that is the case, yeah? Well, you see, uh, I, I wouldn't say that it's small small kind of bits, you know, because some customers, because uh, I, 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 I work in, in that company a long time, some customers have a lot of uh, savings in the stamps, let's say. Some of them bring in two or three books. Some of them have uh, savings in uh, loyalty cards. 
You know? No, I'm not saying they have small amounts of money. I say they would have been paying in over time small amounts of money that would gather to maybe hundreds now. Is that it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And the tip jar well, is gone well, and all that money is gone, everything else. The tip charts, yeah, and they're gone as well. Okay. okay. Are you a butcher by trade? I'm a butcher, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that you'll get a job? Well, I think I, 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 think I will get the job. But it's not even about that. It's just the uh, way how it was done. You know? It is, isn't it? It's very cold. Yeah. Uh, there's very yeah, no compassion very in it. Middle of the night, text. Good luck. Whipping everything yeah, out yeah. in the small hours of the night. All of the stock, all of the fixtures and, see, and fittings. Yeah. And you see the other thing that they break the key in the lock and we can get even into the shop to take our personal belongings because, you know, there's a few bits and pieces as well which belongs to me. <laughs> God almighty, it's heartbreaking on so many levels, isn't it? The manner, considering you've been and others have been working there 18 to 20 years. Now, can I just tell you that we did get in touch with the Nyans this morning, offering them an opportunity to come on air, saying that we would be talking about the topic. And we asked them to take a call on air just to clarify different matters. Much of them I've spoken to you about and also other staff members, uh, you know, jobs, money owed why they closed, the vouchers and the stamps that have been paid towards Christmas meals and what have you. Um, and the reply was a very short text that just said, their sign up for people to lodge their inquiries regards the matter and people will be contacted in due course. Thank you. So that's all we got. Um, just I, a, just a two-liner. I, I don't think so that uh, anyone going to respond on that email, you know. Mm. Well, we did offer them an opportunity to come on and explain things and clarify things as to why they closed and the manner in which they closed. But that was the response we'd got. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in the coming weeks for, for all of the staff. But if there's anything that you guys feel that you need or indeed, would it be fair to say that if anyone was hiring butchers or counter staff, that they would perhaps get in touch with us and we could pass on details to you guys? Would be great, yeah. Well, it might make a difference, so I would encourage people, if they are hiring butchers or counter staff or people of that kind of trade, that they would get in touch with us, and then I'll pass on all of the texts and all of the phone numbers, perhaps to you, and you could distribute them with, with the rest of the staff, if that might make a difference. Oh. Yeah, I, 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 that would be great, you know. Okay, all right. Mindigos, thanks for taking the call. I appreciate it. So sorry to hear the manner in which you were all let go. Thanks a million. Thanks. Okay. Anybody that might then have a position that you think might suit anyone hiring butchers or counter staff, um, please do get in touch with us. Text 0868104106. Email neil at redfm.ie. I see Colin Tobin. He's an incredible guy. He's just fantastic. He's um, you know regular contributor to this program down through the years, and he's got. Uh, he's got the he's got Tobin shop up in Gron. He's got the bar at the top of the hill. I think he's got other businesses as well. He might have been involved in the in the hairdressing and barbering trade, but he has different business. And he says, "I have jobs going. I have bar work and I have shop work." Uh, tell them, tell anybody uh, who is laid off or let go um, to pop into Tobin's or the top of the hill and ask for me, Colin Tobin. So that's what I'm talking about. Thank you, Colin. Anybody else that might be able to help, do get in touch. Text 0868-104-106. Thinking of all the great workers that work so hard every day and at the shop immaculate. So sorry for you all. I hope to God you get what you're owed and more. 
Very unlikely, Geraldine. Rose says, uh, our so-called government are destroying our country piece by piece. It's a disgrace the amount of businesses closing lately and unfortunately a lot more will follow with the rates being raised and the cost of electricity. Maria says, you'd want to be asking the management of Douglas Shopping Centre and Blackpool Shopping Centre why they allowed them access after hours. I worked in Blackpool for years and you don't get to just walk into the shop any hour of the night, you know. Well, that probably would be Douglas Court Shopping Centre you're referring to and Blackpool Shopping Centre. My husband is in the Blackpool shop for the last eight years. The lads got a call yesterday at 7am to say the shop was closed. They went down to see what the story was and the owners were after clearing out the whole shop. Every ounce of stock was lifted the night before. Four weeks to Christmas. You wouldn't do it to your worst enemy, says Karen. Uh, Jatana says, they were so cruel. They took the tips and the tip box before Christmas. They took people's turkey deposits. They even took the stamps book box. Uh, they took everything. The email they provide is to contact. It doesn't even work. We're devastated, says Jatana. Sinead says, it's sad, but it's shocking the way the staff are treated. I was in Blackpool Shopping Centre and yes, all of the staff turned up for work. They looked lost and some of them were there for years. Thank you, Sinead, whether you were there 20 years or one year or six months. The worry of the future is the same, isn't it? The butcher's block should hang their heads in shame, doing this to their employees and customers. Bad, bad form, says David. It's not about the meat or the quantity of meat. The butcher's block was perfect over lockdown. They had delivery. They were vacuum packed. Um, as in they did well over the um, period. Uh, and in spite of competition, I suppose, from the likes of Dunn's and Aldi and Tesco and Lidl and SuperValue and everything, you know, we're hearing this morning that many, many traditional butchers are closing every single week. Uh, this is why people should stop buying meat in shops and only shop in butchers. It may be slightly more expensive, Neil, but it is fresh. The packets in shops are filled with things to make them last longer, which can't be good for anyone, says Seamus. Connor says, this is only the start of it between the government and their inability to act or listen and city council with their rates increases. It's only a matter of time before this becomes a weekly thing if it isn't already. And there's many more like that. I'll pick it up after the break. Text 0868104106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. And you can text 0868-104-106. You'll stay with us for a little while longer. Jared, good morning. Thanks for holding. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can indeed, yes. Okay. Um, butchers and businesses closing any time is bad, but five, five weeks before Christmas, that's horrific. Yeah, that's quite extraordinary as December would surely be their busiest months so they must have been under tremendous well pressure. it seems as if there was pressure to pay suppliers and that would have been mounting for quite some time added to that perhaps the increased cost in electricity and uh, you know there'd be yeah. a lot of chilling chilling chill machines in a butcher's right running 24 7 but it's the manner in which they did it that's what's really upsetting people well i, I had been unaware of that uh, and when i posted my comment on twitter that's pretty awful that's indefensible I mean, you have to treat your staff like human beings. That certainly doesn't no. seem to have been the case with the statement that they sent out by email to all of the staff members uh, to whom it concerns. Well, it concerns those who are loyal workers for many, many years, doesn't it? You think it's a sign of the economic times to come, is it? Oh, absolutely. I, I had a small retail business about 20 years ago, but I just wouldn't go into a... I wouldn't open a small business now. It's, 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 imp- I, it's impossible you face Mount they survived COVID and then we're into an energy crisis and inflation. It's it. I'm I'm sure enough that a small business owners must have 
be under tremendous mental pressure. Well, any one of them, for instance, that's going up against the big multinationals is under extra. If you've got a business that exclus- is exclusively yours and Aldi aren't doing it or Lidl are doing it or aren't, aren't doing it or Tesco or Dunn's, you're, you're probably a little more comfortable than, say, a butcher would be because people would buy lots of meat in the, in the multinationals, right? Oh, absolutely. Or yeah, bread, yeah. for that matter. You know? Well, my, 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 I live my own. My shopping now is basically my, my local centre shop and Aldi. I, I don't go near Tesco's or Dunn's or any of the... I used to go to Texo, Tesco mainly before, but that's how I shop. Yeah. Aldi or the local shop. Yeah, but I wonder how much of us would put our hands up. I mean, I try and shop in butchers as often as I can. I've bought in the butcher's block in Douglas Court. I buy an awful lot uh, from McCarthy's and Hawks Road and Bishopstown butchers. But how many of us would say that we actually buy meat in a butcher's anymore, you know? I would say it's probably 20 years since I was regularly going to butchers. I I literally don't go into butchers now. My My main meat now is chicken anyway, so... You know you can buy that in a butcher's, though. Are you saying that it's dearer in butchers? I don't actually know, but I assume it is. It's it, Look, it's just convenient. convenient. My local shop in the estate yeah. has it. I buy it there sometimes, or I buy it normally in Aldi. It's about I'm, convenience. I'm paying 360, around three, under four euros for a kind of small to medium-sized chicken. Okay. I'm not going to walk someplace else and, you know... Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. It's a okay. matter of convenience. It's a matter of economics. Okay, convenience. You know, the then. pressure that small businesses are under is the same pressure that that many low-paid people are, are under. Or even people on medium incomes who are struggling with childcare costs. And oh, and no, and listen, I know that it's economic difficulties right across the board. But I'm, I'm kind yeah. of just gently suggesting that if butchers are closing... And if bakers are closing and the traditional shops that we know of, you know, independently run... We need to ask ourselves the question, why? Is it because people are going to the multinationals? Much of the profits going to shareholders and going overseas to the likes of the UK with Tesco or Germany with Aldi and Needle. I know they employ people here. I know some of them are very good payers. But I'm saying don't cry when the butcher closes if you don't buy in the butchers. Well, I agree. But the fact of the matter is, say within a 12-minute car journey, I can go to eight different Aldi or Lidl's Retail has changed and it's changed permanently. Yes, I know. That's the reality of it, though. You are right. That, that is the reality that, of it. That is, and I've had family in the supermarket business who who closed themselves and just retired. It, it's almost impossible for smaller businesses to compete. You know, some of them are actually paying at the same price at wholesaler sellers for goods that they can buy at the same price inside an Aldi or... <sighs> You know, it's, yeah. it's impossible. I know, I know. Some you restaurants, know, like actually, my, some I, restaurants I, actually do buy their wine or their their meat in in the, in the multinationals to supermarkets. And they're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, okay. I, I feel, yeah, no, I feel terribly bad for the staff, but you know, but for small businesses, it's it's becoming an Ireland is becoming a corporate com- company where policy, government policies are to benefit corporations. Yeah, but let's see how quickly social welfare. Let's see how quickly social welfare and the government kick in for people who lose a job five weeks before Christmas. You know, and what entitlements they're getting, how quickly they'll get it. That's a very interesting question, and I. I'm 65, so I better not say anything on here. <laughs> All right, okay. Thanks for your contribution, Jared. It's a lot of what he says is to do with convenience. Bernie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Ah, little bird told me that you once made me the most unbelievable sandwich in O'Brien's and Man Point. Is that you? That's me. That's, well, I didn't make it now, to be fair. One of the 
one of our great staff behind the counter made it. it was, I might have handed it to you. Well, okay, well, you didn't make it, but you got it to the table. And it <laughs> exactly. was incredible. And that day when we were down there, Mahan Point was absolutely buzzing. No, that was a great day. We that was the 99 day. challenge, but that was in the summer. That was when the weather yeah. was nice and sunny. Mm. But what do you make of all of this? I mean, it's, it's, it's a shocking way to treat people, isn't it? It's very difficult and it's very funny because I was just in our shop in Blackpool and the girls were saying to me, oh my God, did you hear? And it's so sad and, you know, that sort of thing. And like, in, I, I feel that most people will get jobs again, but if you've worked somewhere for eight years, that's your routine. You know, the customers, you know, you know, we have a lot of our staff that have worked with us for years. Well, Mindegas is there 18 years. Somebody else was yes, there 20 I know years. Mindy, yeah, I know Mindy from coming in and out into Blackpool. And it's, it's just very hard. It's a desperate way. Like, personally, I've had to close a business in Fromoy before I was lucky enough to work for Bill and Leonard. And, like, you have to treat people with respect. And I'm still friendly with some of the people who I have to make redundant. Yeah. Yeah, there's a way of doing it, and this is not the way of doing it. And then yeah. even the even the one, the two liner that we got from uh, the owners this morning left an awful lot to be desired. But do you have work available? I have plenty of work. We have counter assistant, two or three positions in Wilton. Like we're, the, I can say this: we're managing with with shorter with fewer people, and we'd love to have some more people. Okay, and we have plenty of jobs. And I don't think that even if people get a job. I don't think that that will affect them getting redundancy eventually. Well, you know, I I think that maybe if people could get a good paying job, they'd much prefer it to statutory redundancy and no job. You know, they want to work. I'm just encouraging businesses if they have positions to get in touch and I'll pass it on to them, the information. Yeah, because because we had, and like a lot of our staff are with us for years. We have a lot of turnover at the moment, just the way the market is. Yeah. But most, most of our girls are with us for years. All right. Well, look, um, thank you so much for the offer. We'll pass that information on as well regarding O'Brien's and Maham Point and Wilton. And Wilton, yeah. yeah. Lovely chatting with you, Bernie. Regards okay, to you and to you, Bill and you. Leonard. Nice meeting you. At, uh, okay, at thank you. Mahon Bye. Point. Cheers. Text 0868104106. Another lovely one here. Uh, we also have an offer from Owen O'Connell from K. O'Connell's The Butchers, another fine butcher shop. If any of the staff are looking for work, I know it's going to be hard but we have a few full-time vacancies. Sorry, my apologies. Not the butchers. It's K. O'Connell's the fishmongers. I thought it was O'Connell's the butchers in the lock. O'Connell's the fishmongers in both shops in the English market and Dunn Stores, Bishopstown Court. So they can either email or ring me. I'm out in the Dunn Stores shop six days a week. So if they want to call out and have a chat, then that's okay by me. So K. O'Connell's at um, Dunn Stores, Bishopstown Court and also the English Market. So thank you for that. That's lovely as well. So keep those texts coming, um, particularly um, if you uh, have a business that might specialise in meat or indeed in this case fish. But certainly we're looking for jobs for butchers and retail staff. It's disgraceful. How are we allowed to access the shop at night? Surely if they had contracts with shopping centres, the centre would not have allowed them to do a midnight lift like they did. The workers are entitled to redundancy and notice. If the company of shops in other parts of the country, they are still trading, you need to put pressure on them, says Mary. Somebody's suggesting that uh, the staff in Cork should go up to one of the open staff shops up the country. And there's plenty of jobs out there. I know it's not much consolation for them a few weeks out from Christmas, but they'll all have jobs in a week if they want them, says Terry. Uh, Veronica says, what the hell? Yeah, it's, a, the, it's the manner in which it was handled, Terry. The manner in which it was handled as much as the job losses. I always got my meat in there. Staff were lovely. What a horrible thing to do to staff. It's bad at any time of the year, but before Christmas is shocking. And Elaine describes 
it disgraceful. Imagine texting your staff the night before saying, don't bother coming to work. We won't be open ever again. I hope the staff get paid what they're owed, says Elaine. So thank you for all those texts. Text 0868104106. Down to you all. Lisa, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Have you a butcher's in you all that's closing? We have, we have. It's the butcher's court and it's kind of the newer ones and they kept us spotless and they were just so lovely to deal with and they couldn't do enough for you. And they deliver in everything if you need it, free of charge. They're just lovely and I just went in the other day for some chicken breasts and I just happened to inquire, you know, with the avian flu, with the birds and I was wondering about the turkeys for Christmas. Will there be a shortage? And the butcher that I was dealing with just said, he pointed to this sign on the counter. Now, I didn't have my glasses with me and I couldn't read it. But he actually told me they're closing this week at the end of the week. And I was shocked to hear it. You know, I'm very sad. Did he say you know? why? Um, he, he didn't. He didn't really, you know. He just said things, things are tough. He said, and the government supports aren't there. That's kind of it. Now, I didn't loiter, like, you know. There's an article in The Independent this morning says that costs, and this is primarily butcher's costs, and it's from the Butcher's Association of Ireland, because of energy, their operating costs have gone up by 300%. Yeah, well, actually, he did say that, the prices of the um, the energy bills and whatever. He said it's everything. And don't everything. be surprised, he said, and you shouldn't be surprised either in y'all, that there's a butcher shop in Ireland closing every three days. It's shocking. You know, it, it really is. I feel very sad for them. And I just want to give them a great shout out because they couldn't do enough for you and they were lovely, lovely fellas. When do they close? They're closing at the end of the week. And how long were yeah. they in business? I think nine years, he said. Nine years. Not just James was James is the butcher I'd normally deal with. Yeah. And he was like talking to a supplier at the door. So I didn't even have a chance, but I must call in. I'll, See, the great thing about a butcher's is you can ask questions. You can't ask questions in the aisle of your supermarket because they won't be able to answer them. How to cook it, how long it should be cooked, how to season it. All of the different things you can do with the different meats. They know all of these things. That's true. You know, That's true. They'll give advice. It's lovely to go in and see your meat that you can choose what you want or like they can have it ready for you or oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel I, I don't really like the meat out of the um, the shops, you know, I prefer to kind of go to the butchers whenever I can. Yeah, but isn't it so, about so I mean, isn't it about then use it or lose it? If people want to go for the convenience of doing all of their shopping in one big, huge, massive supermarket, don't be surprised when the smaller businesses close as a consequence. It's true. Yeah, it's true. But, you know, the way the way every, I suppose, people are finding it tough and you can't always afford to go to the butchers That's either. That's true. That's true. You know, yeah, yeah. so I know. People are, people I, are I guided by price. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just felt the other day now I was saying, oh, God, why didn't I go in there more and try and support him more? You know, I, I, that's the way I felt the other day. All right. But anyway. Thanks, Lisa. Anyway, Take care. Thanks okay, so much. Thanks. Thank you. In other news, of course, we have, uh, you know, England play Iran in the World Cup this uh, lunchtime. And you might have heard in the news there that the football associations of England, Wales, Belgium, Denmark, Germany and the Netherlands, Switzerland uh, have all now issued a joint statement from their football associations about the armband, one love, is what the armband says. Uh, they're saying that FIFA's been very clear that it will impose sporting sanctions if our captains wear armbands on the field of play. So we can't put our players in a position where they could face sporting sanctions, including bookings. So we are asking the captains of the teams not to attempt to wear the armbands in FIFA World Cup games. 
They say they're frustrated by the FIFA decision, uh, which they believe is unprecedented. And they wrote to FIFA saying that uh, they, they wanted um, their teams to wear the One Love armband. But they say that uh, FIFA has been very clear it will impose sanctions on teams if the captains wear the armband. So that's the latest statement, as in those countries have told their captains do not wear the armbands. Nobody's to wear. I don't know about taking the knee or not, but certainly with regards to the armbands. But I was telling you this morning that Harry Kane, who's the England captain, has said that he's, he will defy any FIFA moves to ban the One Love Rainbow armband. Your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. But it's certainly will be very interesting come lunchtime uh, to see whether or not Harry Kane is actually wearing the One Love armband. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Gork's Red FM. The final word for now on uh, the loss of jobs and the manner in which people in the butcher's block were informed that they no longer had a job to go to five weeks before Christmas. I broke my back uh, working for the company for over three years. I had the best manager. I too am angry to be on the radio for this issue. Hope some of my colleagues do it for me. I'm too angry. Well, they did, Adrian. They did, and they were on, in fairness to them. Uh, Adrian goes on to say, hope some of my colleagues will go on air. It's a very unreal situation and a cold ending for staff that works endlessly to provide a service for the Cork public and beyond. It's downright disrespect for staff. It's left numerous employers um, in no, employees in no man's land in the run-up to Christmas, not to mention our beloved customers who will suffer from the loss of loyalty cards and vouchers. Don't blame the government for this one, people, whatever you do. And that's by email to neil at uh, redfm.ie. So, uh, more on that if it comes in. Text 0868104106. But one of the other issues of the weekend, and I first saw at Cork Bio uh, on Saturday, a story said, Marina Market's future in doubt as council rules against application to stay. Now, interestingly, an application to stay, in other words, is that Cork City Council has refused an application that was made by the company behind the Marina Market. Uh, they were looking for permission for the retention of the market and food emporium. Now, that would have been marked down as warehouse and distribution, changed it to market and food emporium, and the business has been booming, and there are lots of businesses down there. So they started to use it as a market and a food emporium, and then had to go to Cork City Council uh, to apply for permission for the retention of the change. Now, it's an incredible success story, the marina market and uh, its future now is uncertain to see the, say the list, least but uh, I go down there and, and I like to go down there and people love it down there and there's a great buzz and I'm not taking from any of that I had a kick-ass burger down there the weekend before last one of the best I ever had uh, the businesses down there Alchemy Burritos and Blues Dinky Donuts Ecos of Douglas are there Guji Coffee Handsome Kura Market Burger it's possibly where I got the burger Messy Buns No Sin Smoothies and Smoothie Bowls, Nua Asador, um, I hope I'm pronouncing all of these right, Oakfar Pizza, Poulet Vu, incredibly popular chicken, uh, Prati, uh, the Gourmet Sausage Hut, Sicilian Delights, Sultan, super Lebanese cuisine, Taylor Deli, uh, Toasted, Young Plant, uh, the 021 is it, 021 Soul Food, uh, Miss Diva, and even JB Barbers, a fabulous barbershop down there. So that's just a selection of the companies that are down there day in, day out, and are wondering, will there be a future for them? Just some calls on this, and then I'll bring you up to speed as to where they're at and why they've got to this situation and what local councillors want to do about it, because some of them are livid. Esther, good morning. 
Hi, Neil. How you, I've, I've seen I've seen your business down there, Top Box <laughs> Canine School. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of other things, including doggy daycare, isn't it? Oh well, at the at the moment, it is a play. So it's a play environment. We we play at the weekends for free, and then during the week we train. I've seen the business. So I've seen it, and I've a, seen people with yeah. their dogs and their mutts and their animals on leads <laughs> going in and out. And then there's a play area with all sorts of toys and whatever. What do you what do you make of this news? Um, well, it's just that it's a little bit disappointing because it's such a, um, as you said, a popular venue, and it's a place that's unique to Cork that has brought. For me, an environment where I can um, create inclusivity for the dog in the family unit and invite them to places they don't have to be left at home. And there's something there for them to do when they're with us here at the Marina Market. Like you can actually you know, take your dog and sit down and have a coffee, coffee or you a can, burger yeah, or fish and chips can, or a yeah. pizza and things. The dogs are welcome yeah. in the market. 100%, but like not every dog likes that situation. So yeah. when you have a business like mine... I can give the dog and the owner the skills in order to get them up to that place. Yeah, well, I know, but I'm, in fairness, what I'm saying is that there's no yeah. signs going in saying no dogs, only no guide dogs. dogs. Yeah. No, it's totally dog-friendly. It's probably the most dog-friendly uh, environment in the whole of Cork City, to be and honest. And you know all the businesses that I just listed out there? Would they be there yeah. every day, Esther? Yeah, they would be every day, yeah. Some traders are at the weekend, you know, like there'd be pop-up market stalls and stuff like that. I'm at the weekend. Obviously, yeah. we play for free Saturday and Sunday mornings. So, and then during the week, then I'm in there in the evening. But it's just so, it was so diverse. Like, you know, if you go at 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock in the evening, there's always something open or on. Okay. So, we're looking at a seven-day market, aren't we? Just to explain yeah. to people the backstory to it. And what time would it open at every day and close it, at? It opens at 8 and closes at 8. But, um, you know, sometimes I don't go to until 9 o'clock if we're doing training classes. So, you know, it's, it's it all depends on what's finishing up down there. Yeah. There's yeah. so many different community things happening down there as well. Yeah, well, my experience of it would be primarily on, on the weekend, but I do know of people who go down during the week, a lot of the time at lunchtime or tea time to eat. It would be buzzing, yeah. would it, even during the week? Yeah, yeah, it's always, it's always, um, it's always got football and it's always busy. I think it's a nice little um, uh, place, you know, not too far away from the city if you are working within the city centre and that you can come down and stuff like that. Um, and as I said, it's like, you know, things are happening right. all the time at yeah. different times of the day. Okay, okay, thank you for the backstory. And what's the reaction to the news that its future is, I mean, what do you make of Cork City Council's announcement? Um, well, I suppose Cork City Council have a job to do as well, so we always have to think of it from their perspective. But at the end of the day, this is something that has taken off, as you said, has gone killer to post, um, is, is amazing, something very unique to us. I've often had um, people come down to me, business meetings and stuff like that from up the country, and they're like, oh my God, this place is unreal. Yeah. Like how unique this place is. Because um, heretofore we would have to go overseas to the likes of, uh, you know, Spain yeah, or Italy or France to see markets like this. Yeah. And, and people yeah, are often wondering, you know, why don't we do this? And then we do. I know. Then we get, then, then, then they get given out for doing it. Yeah. So, but I think, I think it's, um, I think it's a great, it's a great venue, a great um, commodity for, for Cork City. Um, and it's just like, it's for everyone. And that's what I like about it the most. It's just, you know, it's, it's one place fits all, you know, if you're a child, if you're an, an older person, if you're a younger person, if you're a teenager, if you're a dog lover, you know, um, if you're a foodie, you know, it's everything's there and it's just everyone gets to be included and gets to be involved. Yeah. So it would be a shame. It would be a shame to see it go. Okay. And I hope it doesn't go because okay. um, isn't it great that we're reusing purpose buildings that haven't been used in years?
Well, they weren't just sitting there doing nothing. I appreciate yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Esther, for the backstory. No appreciate problem. it. You set the you set the stall out quite well, if you'll pardon the pun, and explained exactly what's going on down there. Now, there have been responses to it, and I see three or four local councillors up in arms about it. Uh, I saw Liam Marr, councillor, tweeting on my page at the weekend. I saw councillor Kenneth Flynn. Uh, Councillor Terry Shannon, I see uh, Donna O'Leary rowing in on the front of the Echo today. He says that the market is enjoyed by countless people. I appreciate proper planning has to be followed and officials have a job to do, but it would be a huge loss to Cork. So that's what he's saying. Now, I endeavoured to get in touch with those behind the company that runs the market, CPR Properties. And while I wasn't in a position to talk to the owners or those that represent the company, including Tom Collin, I did get a, um, I did get a comment from, let me put it like this to you, uh, somebody, uh, a third party source close to the business down there that runs it. Uh, and it was along the lines of this. Very disappointing for all of the passionate startups and their staff who are trying to learn the hard facts of running a business. It's such a wonderful public space. We will continue to work through the process with Board Planola to deliver a suitable, sustainable solution for all. No comment will be made publicly at this time. So that was the response from a third party close to the company behind it, which, as I say, is uh, CPR Properties Cork Limited. And when you when you search for that, you do find details of CPR Cork Properties Limited set up in 2018 with an address on Monaghan Road. Uh, currently, uh, the directors have been directors of 25 other Irish companies uh, between them, and uh, it lists different aspects then of the company business and trading and what have you. Company status is normal. There's no issues in any way, shape or form in that report. Uh, but um, what of the future and what role does Cork City Council have in this? Just to quote a, a tweet that Kerry Terry Shannon responded to my post on Twitter, he said, this is an unbelievable and unacceptable decision made by the planners without any input from councillors. I'll be meeting senior Cork City officials in the morning to get clarification on this d- decision and have it reversed. It is a backward step and he joins me by phone. Terry, good morning. Neil, how are you? Thanks for taking the call. Uh, just curious, have you had that meeting yet or what's the state of play? Well, yeah, I've, I actually spoke with a uh, senior official last night and again I spoke with other senior officials this morning. Uh, and I suppose at the outset, uh, it is a live planning application. So I'm somewhat uh, tempered in terms of what I can and can't say. Well, you weren't tempered when you tweeted. You said you're going to have it reversed. Well, certainly I think it needs to be. Now, this particular decision can't be, but I think there is a process that the uh, um, owners of the market can go through. And I think we will, I would imagine, be able to resolve the issues that have come up. I think clearly you'll, you'll be aware that the market opened without any planning whatsoever at the very start, which yep. wasn't a bright idea, quite honestly. But having said that, I frequented, my kids do regularly, and I think we all understand the uniqueness of it and the success of it. So clearly, from my point of view, I want to see it continue. But obviously, it has to continue under proper planning regulations. So there are a number of issues that arose, and, and I've looked at the planning file. And I think the, probably the strongest one is from the Health and Safety Authority. And it's very, very hard for any local authority to go against a submission from the Health and Safety Authority in terms of public health. And because of its proximity to the Goulding plant, which operates outdoors, and we have people sitting outdoors over at the market, there are potential health issues there that need to be 
resolved. So that, and, and of course, traffic on Kennedy Key as well. Let's so have a look at the observations that were made regarding the reason to refuse permission to stay, shall we? And you just mentioned one there, which of course is a uh, concern with regards to chemicals being close by. Isn't that right? Another one then is from, say, for instance, uh, Doyle Shipping. They said, our primary concern is in relation to the existing mar- marina market for where attention is being sought is for the safety of members of the public. Uh, the market has resulted in a large increase in members of the public, including young families, walking down along Kennedy Key on a daily basis, especially at weekends. Added to that, unauthorised parking in working areas has become an issue. The Port of Cork put in a submission. They spoke about the significant increase in non-commercial traffic on the quays. The quay is a working quay. The level of non-industrial traffic generated uh, by unauthorised use is wholly incompatible with the capacity for the port to do business. There's some of the observances that were made by people, including including chemicals nearby. They want to limit the risk of there being a serious danger to human health. And look, I'm not going to comment because, as I say, it's it's a live planning application and the applicant has the opportunity, if they wish, to go to board Panala uh, and see then where, where, where that comes from. And look, there's no doubt it's a victim of its own success because it has been very successful and it has brought people to that part of the city and the Keys that wouldn't have been down there in the past. And so it clearly shows there's a need for us. And I suppose the message I want to get out this morning is that there is absolutely no danger of the market closing. Uh, uh, that will continue while this process is undertaken. And I think that's very important that, that people understand that because I think there was a bit of panic on, certainly on Twitter, which isn't unusual, I suppose, in that respect. So the market will continue. Uh, it's up to the developer to decide what they want to do next if they go to the board. That could take anything up to 12 months. So the operation of the market will continue while we tease out these issues. And there are some important issues that need to be teased so out. So no does that out. include giving retention planning? Um, well, well... No, the only, I, mean, I mean, the only reason I'm asking you that, and, and I think it's fantastic, I love it down there, don't get me wrong, but I'm obliged from the point of view of balance to ask you, does that mean that anybody who goes and doesn't ask for planning permission for anything sets up or builds a house or an extension or sets up a business, it thrives, that they should be allowed to stay in business even though the business doesn't have planning? No. And I mean, I'm on record as saying for many years, I mean, whether you build a house or put on a back kitchen or open up a business that's unauthorised, even if you get retention afterwards. And there are issues why people, uh, you know, might set up beforehand but even if you do get retention, there should be a fine because you've broken the law in that sense. You're, you're outside planning regulations. But having said that, I think, you know, there is a, a strong case for this uh, particular facility in that location. Uh, and I think we've got to come up uh, as a city council and the What the is the strong the case, though? Just to, on that point, I'm not being Scrooge about this, but what is the strong case? Pay, pay well, the fine and you can... I mean, are laws laws not laws, though? And do we not want people to follow the laws? Well, that's the point. And that's why the decision that was made was made. uh, Because clearly things weren't followed properly. So, you know, but you need to rectify these. uh, You know, if you're outside planning, you need to rectify that. And so it will be in the first instance now a matter for the board, if that's what the developer decides to do, to go to the board. That could take anything up to 12 months. Uh, And in the meantime, I would... 
I would suggest to the, the owners that they might look again at their application and, and they could probably do better and I'm not going to tell them their business. But I think the public... Hey, what does that mean, has, though, that they should be talking to council or trying to lobby support of councillors? What? No, no, it's not a planning matter for the councillors because we have no role in planning. But I think there is, in my understanding, and certainly talking to officials, many of them who actually have been down there on many occasions. Did anybody know the area, officials who were down there chomping on a pizza that it didn't have planning? I'm not aware of that. I'm not, I think they probably did because my understanding is that City Council have been engaging with the owners for quite some time to get them to regularise the, the situation down there. That's why the application was put in. You know, um, so like, but I think there's a general feeling in city council that this is something positive, but the manner in which it was, they went about it was wrong. Okay. So we need to try and regularise that if we can. It might be possible though, because there are health and safety issues that need to be, uh, we need to overcome. Is, poor, is walking and, so, and parking on the keys, for instance, uh, an issue that needs to be resolved? I would be, yeah, and I've been down there myself now, and, and look, and I, I, you know, I, I'm not a trained engineer. I'm not a trained traffic engineer, but I'm around a long time, and I, I see what's happening. There are dangers down there. You're mixing pedestrians with traffic. Parking is indiscriminate. So clearly, there are issues there that need to be dealt with. There were parking down along uh, during the pandemic okay. uh, in front of people's gardens and that further down Albert Road and that. So there are issues there, but they're not insurmountable. And I think that's the message that needs to go out there, that, look, things need to be done properly. And certainly where people do things properly, you'll find Cox City Council to be very engaging and very much interested in promoting this type of activity. And, and Somebody calls activity them a bunch of narcissists and they're totally anti-all Cork businesses. This is a prime example of it, a texter says. Well, yeah, no, I mean, that's nonsense. I mean, Why like, is it nonsense? You know, it, it, well, because it's untrue. I mean, Cork City Council are very engaging with many businesses. Are my ears. You put the rates up 3.8% and then when people yeah. want to go in and turn on the lights and have a family evening, you won't even allow them to do that? Well, no, Liam, then that's, that's, that's not correct. I mean, It is correct. 3.8%. What is that in monetary terms, Neil? It's 3.8% more than they were paying well, last in year. Cash, in cash terms, what is it? For it's about, I was told, I was told people last week it was about a grand a month. It's a significant that's amount. Of nonsense. No, 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 no. And that's the point. I mean, we do need to be informed in terms so the of... CBA, so the CBA, who gave me examples last week, that some of their members will have to pay a thousand a month uh, more. Well, they'll be very lying, big businesses because, yeah, no, no, well, I'll give you the stats because it's important. This is a modest increase, the first in 13 years. And 50% of our rate payers would be paying 4,000 euros or less a year in rates. So with the rate rebate, rebate scheme that we brought in a number of years ago, for anybody under 4,000 a year, their actual increase per year will be 28 euros, right? So 80% of our rate payers will get a rebate of some Sort or oh, that's a great consolation. So there's a 3.8 increase, but it actually means a refund. It means a refund for those smaller businesses who are struggling and family business. But it, it means that anybody who's paying rates of over 10,000, which are big businesses, Neil, big corporations like Apple and those who are in the city, big businesses who are down in the Docklands, big retail units who are, who are, are making very good, nice money, thank you very much, and they'll be paying more. And the smaller homegrown businesses will be paying uh, less. Okay. So the okay. 3.8 increase 
for any but for nearly fifty okay. percent of our rate base, they'll be paying twenty eight euros a year uh, more. That's okay. it. Okay. Plus, we have a million euro in our in our in our city development fund, and we have more money in the city centre. Okay. Fund well, I, I, I will pick up and on that. I, I tell you, I will pick up on all of that. And if you're in a position to talk to me out of the eleven o'clock news, I'll finish the conversation then. But I'm way over time for now. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Oh, Terry Shannon is available just after eleven. And Kenneth Flynn. One zero four to one zero six. Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. Okay, Terry, I just was way over time there, but it's an interesting point because Kieran McCarthy, a fellow councillor of yours, says that the planning process, there is no legal technical mechanism for councillors to reverse the planning unit's decision. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying, that this particular application will have to take its course. But, uh, you know, depending on what the outcome is, uh, uh, then I think the uh, developer can can obviously re-engage with City Council and try and come up with the, the, the answers yeah. to some of the questions okay. that they're posing. Okay. So this is, a, and that's the point I'm making, this is a live, up to for the next four weeks, this is a live planning application. But you, but you couldn't go in, as you said you were going to go in, and have it reversed. No, no, I, I, no, that was somewhat intemperate. Yeah, okay. somewhat. I would like to see it reversed, but I'm not in any position to have it reversed. Okay. But certainly if, if and I don't know what decision the, the board will make, but if it's in the negative then I would be suggesting to the developer to come in and see can there be some uh, uh, agreement and some meeting of minds. He has to do certain things and City Council may have to do certain things, but I, I certainly would like to take... But how would they do that? that? It would be giving the green light to somebody to start up business, or in this case a very, very successful, multifaceted business without planning. Well, unfortunately, Neil, we, we have a huge amount. If you look at the planning applications in the paper every day, the amount of people looking for attention. Okay. Now, some of it might just be smaller that they put in a different type of a window than they were meant to. But this is a fairly colossal one. There's no doubt about that. But having said that, um, you know, I think the people have have spoken in terms of this popularity. So I think we should be trying to, notwithstanding uh, how, it had, how it started. And I reiterate, I've said on many occasions, anybody whether it's to do with a different window that are a big business. If you get retention, you, you still you should be fine because fine. You, you, okay. know, you didn't do things No, properly. you said that, that there should and be then, a fine. Kieran McCarthy yeah, should, says like, that his but gut But not is, everything shouldn't be. Pardon? No, he's saying, he's saying in his text to me, my gut is that the marina market may have to reboot itself elsewhere in the city after the onboard planola phase. He doesn't see a future for it there. He thinks that there is an issue with regards to the well, chemical I'd be plant more next door. Yeah I, yeah, I would be a bit more optimistic in, in that sense, but that's not to say that he might be correct, but I'd be a bit more optimistic and I would be the type of person to, 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 to tell people, engage with City Council. City Council are, you know, would love to facilitate and do facilitate these type of businesses. Um, mm, it may some, not happen some, though. But, some but, suggest that you're very anti-business. I know we've touched on the rates there. Some suggest that you're very anti-everybody and those that are in control are not the councillors but city managers and also city council staff. And that's the reason why, for instance... Well, I'm not certainly anti-business, Neil, or anti-employment, I can assure you. Yeah, but, but you're, you're certainly, no you certainly seem to be anti-turning around council property. It's taken you 75 weeks on average to get a house back to market again. I mean, that's appalling. And Neil, Neil, I'd nearly want to write, oh no, an agenda for you because you're, like, you're jumping out of housing. We well, I'm not, going, I'm, not, I'm not going to allow <laughs> yeah, you to make out I'm that everything is happening. I'm happy to talk to you about housing, but I'm just saying like, we're going to Well, I don't want you another. thinking that everything <laughs> is rosy in the garden. People are very No, annoyed. but a lot is. A lot is. But I accept that not everything is. And oh, so, yeah. clearly, we have, we have, we have decisions uh, to make. But look, in terms of the, 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 the marina market, I think the main question, issue is, or uh, the message is that, look, 
there is no immediate danger to the operation of the of the marina market. It will it will continue until such time as a decision is made uh, in, in this respect. And I, I certainly think that's that's the message we want to get across. It has been a huge success. Okay. It is something new and different. It has taught us that. You can repurpose and reimagine old buildings uh, in areas that we hadn't people for years. Don't I get that. And it is about businesses and it is about jobs and it is about the and public loving it and enjoying it. In terms of the context of your early discussion, I think clearly, yeah. you know... We, Does we, it take it off and from bricks and mortar businesses, though, that are paying their rates in the city and the suburbs? You know, the traditional businesses. That's not an issue. Well, well, yeah. And look, I've made that point even about Glow at times when at Christmas time when we had stalls in around the city. It added to the ambience of the city for Christmas. But I always felt that, you know, people who are paying their rates every all year round and have similar businesses in the city, you know, it's certainly taken from them for that period and of time. And does the market do that in the that. marina, I wonder? Um, possibly, but I think, you know, it has done something different. I mean, you know, the I've had meetings spoken, with people yeah. down there. Yeah, I've yeah. had meetings okay. down there with people. You know, I'd say, look, I'll meet you in the marina market and Eco's Fish and Chips are the best around. <laughs> I've had that on a number of occasions. So, look, it, it has taught us to that there is potential for, the, for, for this type of facility. And I would hope in that area, because it's an area we want to bring people into, we want to develop our Docklands. But can, I, can I just ask you, there. you didn't want people in the city for the lights switch on, but yet Middleton switched their lights on at the weekend and they did a damn good well, job. Again, Derry, I have, have and, well, again, hang on a second. Yeah, Derry have I a massive light I'm switch I'm agreeing with you, Neil. Killarney have a switch I, on. McCrew, yeah. Charleville, Fromoy, Mitchellstown, Middleton, I, Yall, Bandon, Kinsale, Skibbereen, yeah, Goline, Clonakilty. Yeah. All inviting the public in. Yeah, I was very surprised and, and disappointed in that. And again, we weren't consulted. If we had been, we might have been able to do something different. I understand the concerns over the last number of years. There was huge crowds in there and there was a potential for, for, for uh, uh, public safety. That's but like a scratch we record. Have, we could have, side streets. That was yeah, we could have done it. We could have done something different uh, this year for the Christmas lights. In fact, my daughter, I've just had a new granddaughter recently and she was hoping to bring uh, our little granddaughter in to the lights. And I just naturally assumed, yes, there would be we will be going to turn them on and we discovered at a meeting uh, by chance that it wasn't happening so and you believe that was um, the wrong decision oh i do i, I mean okay. i think we could have done something All i mean right. we might have okay. been able to do the crowd we could have ticketed it you know we could have done something smaller too I think late it's now. certainly it's too late now okay. uh, but All i think right. it's a lesson for us that certainly i can assure you neil uh, next year there'll be a switching on of the lights and the public will be there you know how do you know that because it's the determination of members that we want to see people do in the you city. Think that, uh, do you people, think that the uh, uh, chief executive regrets that decision then in hindsight? Well, I'm not going to get into personalities, but I think we've all learned a lesson from this particular issue. Okay. Right? Uh, it is always a great start to the Christmas festives, festivities in the city centre. We want to bring people into the city centre. It is 70% of the business of, of most businesses done in and around the Christmas period. Okay. So, you know, it's our premier shopping area. We want people in the city to shop, to recreate, to use the restaurant to use the bars to buy the, the merchandise. That's what the city centre is Okay, about. so for the marina market then, up. while councillors can't get involved in this, nor can City Hall, you're hoping that something can be done whereby retention would be allowed, that they would be fined, that the issues that well, I'm not observed. suggesting they should be fired. I've made well, that as did, a broad, you said it, you said it broad twice. Broke. I think where retention. Now I'm not sure it has ever happened, but I'm just saying that in terms of because you made the point that if someone is looking for retention, they've been outside the planning. So I've always been of the view that there should be some sort of a fine. But I mean that's okay. that's an aside. I think clearly we need to see this go through. You know, whether it will go to the board, and that's a matter for the developer. If it doesn't, 
uh, then I would suggest that he engage again with City Hall and see what the issues are and, and try and resolve them. Okay. But it's a live planning application now, so we need to... There's four weeks now to, until, we decide, until he decides what he's going to do. Okay, okay. And, I and think, he is, um, he has, they have told me indirectly, not through him, but a source close says that they're engaging with the planning authorities to see if they can rectify the situation. And, and that thanks, might Terry. be a bad idea. All right, thanks, Terry. As always, Councillor Terry Shannon. Alan Andrews has uh, Guji coffee shops around the country. Um, I think he's got them in, up in Tipperary and places like that, but also operates at the Marina Market. Alan, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I listed Thanks out. For thank you for taking call. the call. I listed out all of the business down at the Marina Market. And I have to say, by and large, the response from the public is that they're very angry, they're very annoyed, they're very disappointed, and they don't want it closed. They want things to be left alone. That it's a tremendous success story. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I like the sentiment. Seems to be that for sure. And um, I was very uh, pleased reading some of the Twitter comments going down through um, the. the, the the feed um, when the articles came out of the weekend yeah. and I certainly our own sentiment from the customers to their own Guji coffee shop is that uh, people love what has been created down there um, it's quite a humble setting um, it doesn't you know create too much uh, challenges for, for people getting there um, you can walk just walk down to the marina and stroll in and stroll around yeah. and it's yeah. you know it's, it's a great facility so were you yeah, aware were you aware that everything that was going down there didn't have planning well, we were aware that there was an application in. We were aware at the very start that the type of use that um, the Marina Market had was, was going to cover their initial uh, setup. Um, and I think as, as the product itself, as a market, grew organically and it got bigger and, and got so much reaction from the public, probably due to, I suppose, um, you know, the fact that COVID was around... Um, it, it probably grew into something that they hadn't expected. It I'd was say. a yeah. real boon because of COVID. Oh, it means that people could do yeah. things that they couldn't have done in other places because uh, by and large it was open and fresh air was flowing around. I get what you're saying. And people flocked to it because of that. Yeah, it's, it's a vast open space. It's not warm by any means. Um, you'd want your coats on and hats and, uh, and it's just big rooms you know, big storage rooms, yeah, really, that's yeah. all it is. Open, um, to, the, so, open to the, the environment, if you uh, like, yeah. Yeah, so I think they were, you know, like the fire officer um, has been in, they've made, made their recommendations. Of, like, we were there at the very start when there was nobody else trading for months. Um, I think we traded there for maybe four or maybe even six months before were anything you, were else. Were you on the outside on the right? We're on the outside, we're the, we're the pink uh, ah, coffee yeah, bar. I see a coffee the there a lot. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, I know yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, so we're the only days. unit on the outside there facing the streets. Um, and a lot of our traffic, coincidentally, is, is on foot. So, you know, I, I look at some of the articles, or at least the planning uh, rejection notes, and it was around, you know, uh, not enough parking. And Marina Market are trying to get rid of parking. They want bike lanes and yeah. they want bike racks. Um, so they're not aiming for, for cars. Um, they're quite happy to have it. But by and large, I mean, one of the objections was that there are young families walking down along Kennedy Quay on a daily basis and at weekends and that there's unauthorised parking down there. But do you think all that could be sorted? Well, I think there's an onus on the council for that. I mean, they they can redirect access to Kennedy Quay. You can walk down the marina, the Centre Parks Road. I just don't see why they don't encourage people to do that. Yeah. Yeah, don't just blow this. It's a nicer walk. Yeah. It's, and, it's, and it's a nicer walk. It's, I think they're making it one-way traffic. Uh, there's a bike, bike lanes on both sides of the road. And it's tree lines. It's beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, uh, that's a new point as far as I, I, I can see. Lots of people do that walk. 
they walk in front of Guji, they grab their coffee, they go on then uh, further on and they take a stroll off to Black Rock. Yeah. And yeah. that's a lovely day on a sunny day and you've, you've plenty of water to, between Guji there and Black Rock, you've plenty of water to, to experience. And have, so you, have you, you had any, any contact with the uh, operators, the company behind it? Have they been in touch oh. at all to say, you know, we're yeah, going yeah. for we're, attention? Yeah, we're, 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 we're dealing with them every week. Uh, and um, they're like, you know, they're disappointed. They've, you know, we've, we've seen all of the applications, we've seen their requests for further information. I think when you're, when you're at the stage with the council where you put an application in and it's not rejected on, on, on first draft and you get a request for further information, that, that makes you feel that you're on the right track. Um, and in particular, they would have had some pre-consult meetings as well with planning. Um, so, you know, there's a, the, the, the needle would have been pointing towards this will be fine. Um, and then it gets rejected. So that's a bit of a blow. Um, and, and it'll be challenged. They're, they've already, you know, confirmed that they'll be putting in a challenge. Um, they'll go to on board Planola and they'll do whatever is necessary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's going to be some negotiations. There will have to be. Um, and, you know, nobody wants this. Like the sentiment, I saw there's a hashtag, Save Marina Market. Like mm-hmm. that's, you know, the sentiment online is definitely that, that the thousands of people going there every week want to retain that, that market. Yeah, so, so, sorted know. out. Sort it out. Yeah, yeah. Don't sort take it out. It Look, it, it'd be great if, if, you know, it's great to see the vision. You know, um, it's great to see the kind of vision of someone putting together, like the Marina Market crew, putting something together like that, bringing traders in. Like, they've run some great entrepreneurial sessions where they allow traders in free for a couple of weekends. Yeah, yeah. Young entrepreneur seen. meetings. Yeah. Great, you know, great, great initiatives. Um, and I just hope that um, in some way between all the minds that they can come to resolution and see. But, you know, when you look at, when you read things that are, come across scary, like the, the, the risk from the chemical plant, you're kind of going, well, what's, you know, that's, that sounds like a too, too big a problem to be able to fix. Um, so that, that, that makes people nervous. This would um, be um, Goulding's Chemicals Limited. Yeah. The location being uh, at you know, the risk of there being serious danger to human health or the environment because it's adjacent mm. to um, a chemical plant. Well, no, well, yeah. it's not a chemical plant. I mean, I don't even it's in operation anymore, but it's certainly next door. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. certainly next door. So yeah. That, so you, and that, yeah. yeah, I mean, what, I don't, I mean I don't, you don't, don't think, don't, you don't think don't the marine market that. would work anywhere else, do you? Oh, I don't know if it would work. And I see, like, with, with proximity to the city, walking, encouragement of bikes, it's all flat, it's all accessible. Um, Idea. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's, it's just, like, people look at these buildings and go, why hasn't someone done something with that? And then when someone goes and does something and thinks outside the box and creates a community environment there and a, and a, a you know, a place for people to gather, that third space, and then, it's, then it gets knocked Yes, but a bricks and mortar business would have to tick all of the boxes and follow all the legislation Absolutely. and get the proper planning yeah. and health and safety Absolutely. and everything ticked off, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so, so, well, you know, health and safety, then you'd wonder why they put a chemical plants with that much risk near the city. I mean, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, well, I suppose there were different days, and without giving a history lesson, the reason it probably was there was proximity to the working keys and the port. Yeah, of port, you know, I guess. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. But look, yeah. Um, you're you're optimistic that you know heads will be banged together and it'll be sorted. We're optimistic, um, and if you know, if. Um, if, 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 we can, if they can come to a solution. If not, Gucci will have to find another home. So we'll put a shout out to anybody that wants to re, you know, come up with a second home for us even. So we'll put Gucci in somewhere else uh, in Cork. 
happy to do that. Yeah. Um, but if, if it doesn't all work out. Not wishing to leave where you are anytime soon. I gotcha. Alan, thanks yeah, so much. Well uh, great coffee, Cheers. by the way. I had it a few times. Take care of yourself. Thanks so much, Neil. Councillor Kenneth Flynn says this is a decision made by planners without any input from elected members. It does seem at times that there's an agenda by the unelected to close down Cork City. Are you suggesting <laughs> for a minute, Councillor Kenneth Flynn, that elected members of Cork City Council should have input into planning applications? Considering all that we've heard of, but with regards to planning and this country and all of the carry on over the decades, that elected members should be asked to vote. I mean, are they being given voting rights on planning applications? Surely be to God, planning should be completely independent of elected or unelected representatives. Um, I'm actually embarrassed at this, as Councillor John Marr, as an elected rep of 31 members, who, who of us thinks this is a good idea? One of the biggest success stories for the city, and we cast it into doubt, just like having no family Christmas turning on of the lights event. What about local democracy, says Councillor John Marr. Somebody else says, well done, Cork City Council. You really have no idea what people actually like and want. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red FM. Are you a fan of the Marina Market? Text 0868104106. Um, we'll come back to it in a few minutes' time, but I just want to do some housekeeping, if you don't mind. I've got a lot of stuff to do because it's Monday, and amongst them, Mondays are always um, magic moments with uh, a box of donuts to give away this side of midday. So if you're at home or at work, whatever the case may be, stand by. I'll be opening the phone lines just before midday and we will pick a winner for Offbeat Donuts and we'll send you a box of them. They say there's 12, but I know there's more than 12. There's more likely to be 15 donuts in it, courtesy of ourselves. And Offbeat Donuts, creating circles of obsessions at French Church Street and the recently opened shop. So that's on the way between now and midday to start the week off well for you. Got a great competition on air. We've done it in the past with Michelle, the jewellers on Patrick Street. And they've been there for over 60 years. And if you're doing a bit of shopping this side of Christmas, uh, visit Tim Keane and everybody at Michelle the Jewellers. Um, we have uh, Diamond Dilemma, and we've used this in the past. Every day this week, we have a €200 Euro voucher to give away for Michelle the Jewellers. 200 every day. So um, it all has to do with um, diamonds, as in the diamond suit from a deck of cards. So in about 10 minutes' time, I'll be opening the phone lines. You can text uh, 086-8104-106. We'll take, pick two winners. You go up against each other. And I have the full set of oversized diamond playing cards in front of me. Right? Here they are. If you could see me, that's me flicking the diamonds. So I give you an opportunity to pick a number. Whatever number you pick, I will tell you. Like, for instance, if you had said to me now, five. I would go one, two, three four, five, and I turn over the two of diamonds, right? Next caller says, I'll take number three. One, two, three. That's the six of diamonds, so you know who wins that. And that's a 200 euro voucher to give away for Michelle, the jeweler. Stand by for that. But big money continues. 10,000 euro worth of it, courtesy of ourselves. And Sound Store, they recently opened their new electrical superstore at Market Green Retail Park in Middleton. So, I'll open the phone lines for that. Will I do it now? Yeah, okay, we'll do it now. So we'll take five calls now, and I'll try and do another five just before quitting time this morning. So these five celebrities in the right order, when you break it down, they all say a word each. But when you look at the sentence, they say, I love Cork's Red FM. Now, at this stage, I can tell you that we know Niall Horan, Laura Whitmore, and Angela Lansbury have all been guessed correctly. But there are two that remain unsolved. Have a listen. 
I love Cork. Red FM. All right, those five in the correct order. So we know of three. Identify the other two. Ten thousand euro, courtesy of ourselves and Sound Store. So our phone lines are open for that. Have a guess. Oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Huge response to issues involving the butchers' blocks this morning. The manner in which they were laid off, and also many, many comments, texts, and tweets, and Facebook posts with regards to the Marina Market. Um, I just want to talk to Ken- Councillor Ken O'Flynn because I did refer to him a little earlier this morning. Ken, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Is there, I'm good. Is there um, a council meeting tonight? Not an official council meeting tonight. There's a number of briefings on tonight, uh, but I've written to the manager requesting a briefing and meeting uh, with the full council. I haven't had a reply back. I wrote for last night. I know some of my other colleagues have also written. You've asked for an emergency meeting, is it, or some kind of intervention? Well, for a full full briefing of the planning. As you know, elected members were taken out of the planning process a number of years ago. Um, You think that was a bad idea, do you? I, honestly, I do. No, look, I think it was reactionary at the time. There was a lot of scandals, if you remember, and I know you covered them on various shows yeah. with Charlie Hockey and Liam Lawler and all these people. I, well, I won't go into too much detail, but I don't think you had to go that far from home to understand yeah. why you had to take it yeah. away and uh, allow look, independence I, I and autonomy for the planners to do their job. But I think there's a reality here as well that uh, the elected officials uh, are the people on the ground, that are people that are mixing with people, people that are, are, are listening to people, complaints and listening But to sure, people. like what happens then if somebody is an issue and they're a member of Fianna Fáil and half the council is Fianna Fáil councillors? Sure, they have them in their pockets. You can't have that. Well, look, I think, look, I accept that. I accept that. But there has to be a bit of fairness as well. And there has to be an input from the elected officials. We have the uh, opportunity to make an observation. Show back to brown envelopes, man, and backhanders and holidays overseas and golfing weekends and all sorts of nonsense. I I sincerely do. I think those days, thankfully, are behind us. Look, I think the reality is that when something like the Marina Market, which is so important, which has had both local, national and international effect uh, in our entire marketing strategy, has been a big string to the bow of Cork City. When something like that is, is being debated or being considered, I think an input from various members and various committees as well would, would have been advisable rather than planners coming along and saying, no, this isn't... No, this but isn't we, right we asked the planners to engage wrong. with the law and the rules and the legislation that's in place. I mean, I, don't, yes, I love it great. down there, but don't get me wrong, but we have to be fair to everybody. Yeah but, let, 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 yeah, but let's be fair to everybody. How many decisions from Cork City Council have we seen being reversed by Board Panala? Don't know. You tell me. Quite, 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 quite a few. Quite a few. Quite a few, to say the least. In the last year, I, I, I know of six myself, right? Now, there's something seriously wrong when planners cannot be challenged, when planning cannot be, be questioned by the local authority, when people are going back up to Dublin then to on Board Panala and having, the pla- and having planning granted. Imagine the expense of that adding on to any developer. Well, what if somebody who put up an extension to their house and then went yeah. along? Yeah. I haven't done that, so don't point out to me. But you, if, yeah. if, for instance, somebody puts on an extension without planning and they're, they may, they're made, take it down. They have, to, they, have to apply, they have to apply for retention, which is what Marina Market was doing. We're playing for retention. Um, that, that's the reality of it. Uh, yes, sometimes they have to take it down. Uh, very rarely, uh, being honest with you, looking at, the, looking at the statistics. But Neil, what I want to point out to you is that if you have a development, let's say Neil Prendeville is developing 10 apartments or 10 houses and it's shot down by Cork City Council and then you win it back in Board Panola, it's after costing you the best part of 100 grand, yeah. which you're going to pass on which you're going to pass on yeah. to the to the uh, consumer, yeah. to the person that's buying the house. Now, the reality behind that is that there is no 
discipline or there is no questioning or there is no opportunity for me as an elected official to say, come back to the planners and say, well, why, why did you reject this? And what grounds? And why did Board Panala accept it? There's no opportunity for the guy that's after putting in the planning, that's after winning his planning in, in Board Panala. To, come back to have costs you, paid, you, for instance. You owe me a hundred grand. Okay, okay. But, okay. but what we do know <laughs> about the market is that what we do know about the market is that it's hugely successful and it is very popular. And I, amongst other people, like to go. What we also know is that it's been a huge marketing tool for Cork. And you know, Cork City Council, on one hand, is saying, "Oh, the Marina Market is a great success. Go down to the Marina Market. It's another string to a bow. Visit Cork has it on their websites, uh, and uh, which is all promoted by Cork City Council." And yes, we're coming along and saying, "No, you can't. You can't have it." So that doesn't make sense to me. Well, why you then did it take? Why then did it take the planning authorities to tell? the company behind it, listen, you don't have planning um, and we're not giving you retention. Why didn't Cindy Council intervene and say, listen, guys, you need to get your ducks in a row here? Or maybe they were trying all along. Well, I, I, honestly, I don't know because we're kept, we're kept in the dark about all of this. We're kept in the dark about all of this. Okay, so... The, all, the, all, the, we, all we see is the planning application and all we see is the, plan, is, is the acceptance or, or, or uh, the planning file is what we're entitled to see afterwards, what, the decision. But the decision ultimately is with um, the planning officials it's and the, the planning, planning officials. And, and, and you're aware of Doyle Shipping being worried about the concerns relation to the existing market and its proximity to the keys and the water and the parking issues there. I, 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 I read it. I read it. Port of no, Cork are not terribly happy with it. And also you have the Goulding's chemical site. That, that's right. And they listed, they listed that as, as a reply. I did notice, actually, Neil, they, they mentioned Goulding's quite a lot in their reply. And um, uh, from what I can work out there, um, it doesn't seem to be listed uh, uh, by Cork City Council. Um, excuse it, me. It, uh, what are you saying? That the Goulding's, the Goulding's like, reason is a red herring, is it? Yeah, my, the, Gould, the Goulding's isn't on the list. I'm going to forward it on to, you know, the list of, um, of the, say, of the, say, of the um, Cork Emergency Plan. Sorry, I was just looking. I was just All right, looking okay, well, I mean, uh, uh, I'm only, I'm only quoting what I see with regards yeah. to the reasons no, no, exactly, why exactly. it's not bad. But there's lots of sites that are listed on the Cork Emergency Plan, but Goulding's actually isn't listed. So that, that seems to me to be peculiar as well. Mm. So look, what I'm, what I'm saying to you is, is that as elected officials, we're coming along, we're, and quite a few of us from all parties and none, are coming along and saying to the city manager, this is very peculiar, this is very strange, we want a briefing on it, we want input onto this, because we see merit in the marina market and the expansion of the marina market, and we don't accept the business. And, would, and would, you dis, would you do this for anybody, or is it just this particular case? It would, everything is case by case when it comes to planning. You know, if I saw something that I found unusual, no, there's been times where I've supported planning and I've, I've, I've written objections to planning in different areas um, when I didn't think it was the right thing. Um, you, you do everything on case to case, um, Neil. That's, that's how you but, have to but, do it. But have you been approached by anybody, say, within the company that operates it and runs its no, CPR properties? I don't know who. I, I honestly, I can be 100% honest with you know. I don't know who has hand act or part in Marina Market. I've been there on a number of occasions. I've had coffee with friends and things like that. Uh, but I have no idea who even runs it or owns it. Okay. Yeah, it's Tom Collin. You, you're you're aware of that? Pardon? Tom Collin. No, I didn't even know Tom was involved in it. Okay, yeah. No, I'm not money saying. I'm not saying anything untoward about it. I'm just letting you know who is. 
Yeah, yeah, I knew Tom. I knew Tom from many years ago when he was Billy Kelleher's campaign manager, but I wouldn't know Tom okay. on a social. Jesus, I say I haven't seen Tom in ten years. Okay, but I'm just answering the question. You say you don't know, but I'm just yeah. letting you know who. Um, but that's not in any way related to the decision that's been made by uh, the planning authorities. They're going chapter and verse as to the reasons why yeah. not having planning permission. How could it be fixed then? Can they? Um, maybe Terry Shannon is saying give them planning permission and find them. Well, I would imagine this will probably now go to um, to to an appeals decision. And that may end up in Borkinall. Yeah, because many people are very angry that the minute that the city, inverted commas, sees something successful, they want to destroy it. Well, Neil, look, we had a conversation last week. We had a conversation about the Christmas lights. And we, I, I, was, I told you the chapter and verse of the city manager told us, which was health and safety. We're looking now at Marina Market, health and safety again. Like there's only so much you can hide behind in health and safety. Yeah, yeah. And there is, you do seriously question at times or wonder what is in the mind of city officials. You Let's watch this space for I, details. I do wonder, and it's not the first time I've said that to you. Okay, but there is no council meeting to discuss this. No, not at the moment. And there doesn't the look likely to be any council meeting till December or something, is that it? December will be the, no, there's various committees that are meeting. No, but didn't you always meet on Monday nights? No, we meet on, we meet the first Monday of, or the second Monday of every, uh, is the official council meeting. Once a month, once a month. Once a month is okay. what happens at the official council meeting. Now, there's lots of subcommittees and lots of other committees that meet as well on a weekly basis, you know. Okay. Because we have six meetings this week. Okay, okay. We'll see if you get a response from the uh, Cork City Council Chief Executive. Yeah, the moment I have a response, I send it to you. Okay, thanks, Ken. As always, okay. Councillor Ken O'Flynn. There does seem to be a lot of councillors whose nose is out of joint on this one, and many members of the public as well. Uh, anyway, text 0868104106. But right now... Neil's five-star giveaway. With Sound Store celebrating the opening of their new electrical superstore at Market Green Retail Park, Middleton. Okay, just do a couple of quick ones here now and just see how we get on with them. Uh, line five is Karen and McCroom. Karen, good morning. Good morning. Okay, now at this stage I've announced the ones that we know. We know Angela Lansbury, Laura Whitmore and Niall Horan. But there's two in there that need identifying and it's worth €10,000 cash if you can get them right. I love Corks. Right. FM. What do you think? Uh, Niall Horan, Angela Lansbury, Brian Dowling, Laura Whitmore, and Derry Clark. No, no, no. Um, we, no still have the, we still have those two that need identifying. <laughs> Good guesses, That's but thanks all the same. Cheers, all the best. Bye bye. James in Knocknaney. James. Hello, boy. How are you? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I love Corks. Right. FM. I'll give you 10 grand. Come on. Niall Horan, Laura Whitmore, Angela Lansbury. Emma Thompson and Russell Crowe. Unfortunately, great guesses, but not right. Thanks, James. Try again soon. Jean in Ballancolly. Good morning. Morning. I'll try and get another few on before quitting time. Have a listen to this, right? I love Corks. Right. FM. What do you think? I think the other two might be Louis Capaldi and Saoirse Ronan. You might think it, but... You ain't right, okay, I'm afraid. Thanks. thanks all the same. All right, 0818104106. I'll try and do another few this side of midday. 10 grand. You can literally walk through the doors of Sound Store at Market Green Retail Park and spend it on whatever you want. So 0818104106 by phone, please. Have a guess. The Neil Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818104106.
Okay, here's your cue to call, guys. Uh, Today I'm going to do it by text. So from this moment onwards, the 9th and 10th text to 086-8104-106 gets on the air and you can have a go at Diamond Dilemma with a 200 euro voucher from Michelle the Jeweler. So it's the 9th and 10th text from now. Diamonds are forever. All right. I got the deck of cards. Well, I've only got the diamonds from the deck of cards. Whoever gets the highest diamonds uh, wins the 200 euro voucher live on air. Two texts only on this, both to come on air. Uh, And it's ace is high, not low. Ace being the top card, not the lowest, okay? Just to clarify. Meanwhile, with regards to the Marina Market, thank you to everybody who's been texting and also on social. Really enjoyed visiting it last year. Very festive and one of the main reasons that I would visit Cork City. Another one, this is a ridiculous decision. The Marina Market is one of the best amenities in Cork City. It brings in tourism as well as keeping Cork people happy. We need more amenities like this, not less. Another one, it's a great amenity and places for family and friends to gather. It's one of the main reasons I would visit the city again. It's probably the best market of its kind in Ireland. It pulls in so many tourists and locals. I can't understand why council would not bend over backwards to make it work. Well, the issue here really is planning, and that has nothing to do with council officials. Shame, when it opened first, the people that opened stalls were regarded by the city council as heroes, remember? Well, I certainly remember how beneficial it was during COVID, that's for sure. Uh, sure, why, why, where else will they house refugees? They'll empty it and turn it into a nice little holiday village for them. Just look at what they're doing around the country. What a bunch of clowns. Uh, Good God, is anyone rioting yet? I mean, uh, people need to start um, demanding heads because it can't go on like this. Uh, Somebody else says, the sooner it's gone, the better. I work next door and the owners have no regard for any other businesses in the area. The abuse I constantly get for asking cars not to park or obstruct our entrance and exit is unbelievable. Our silo will close by Christmas and hopefully the market soon after. Did you ask if there was any environmental impact study carried out before it opened, I wonder? Was there secure parking planned or sought? What about the discarded food that draws vermin? The quayside to the water is Port of Cork and private. Ships cannot tie up because the cars are parked everywhere. So um, people with differing points of view. In fact, one short texter says, like everything else, every fad has its day. Yeah, they, they do. And people do, do move on. But this is not a fad. This is the future. This is the way it's going to be more and more. And it's very, very family friendly. So this is not, it's not as if it kind of, boomed for a couple of years and now it's on the decline. It's actually quite the opposite to be honest with you. But I do get the planning aspect. I do. But at the same time surely be to God it could be worked out and people could get what they want. You know? People are voting with their feet. This is very sad. Planners uh, they destroyed our city. 168 businesses closed this year alone. There's very little footfall anymore and more tax increases for businesses who are just trying to survive. It's so sad compared to what town was even, say, 15 years ago. Much of that, of course, is to do with traffic issues and parking issues and the cost of trying to rent in the city centre and leases and rates and insurance. But also added to that, without me giving another history lesson, is that you had big shopping malls open in the suburbs, of course, and it drew everything away. It's a bit like, why are butchers closing? Well, if we don't use butchers, then they will close. Uh, Why are they closing? Well, because people are finding the convenience of an Aldi or a Lidl or a Dunn's or a Tesco 
the only way to go. Uh, utter nonsense. The council is a joke. I was there many times. It's lovely. Lovely people as well. This is just turning into a nanny state. And just two more. A bunch of unelected city officials ruining our city. They've destroyed Patrick Street and anything that brings joy or encourages business. They want to get rid of it. The keys are all blocked up. They're more interested in cycle lanes and robot trees and solar bins. And a final one. I'm sure many of you have travelled and seen how other countries are so beautiful and progressive while holding on to their heritage. Ireland does the opposite. It's not fun anymore here. No wonder the young are leaving. There are so many rules and too many idiots in charge. Do you imagine what it would be like for a younger generation who loved that kind of buzz and that food fusion, fusion that, say, the marina has? The younger generation, you see them down there. They hang out in droves. It's a meeting point for them. Imagine how disillusioned they would feel. I get it. You can't have a business without planning. You can go for retention. Give them the goddamn retention. Find them. Do whatever you want. But for the younger generation, of course, they would be rolling their eyes to heaven saying, oh my God, they're just sucking the fun out of everything. Anyway, I wish I had more time, but I don't. So I need to plow on and get this done. Des is in McCroom. Des, good morning. Morning. Hold on there, my man. Let me just pull in Aaron and Ballinhasic. Aaron, good morning. Good morning. Okay, gentlemen, Des, if I gave you two hundred euro voucher from Michelle the Jewelers, would you spend it on yourself or perhaps a loved oh, one? Oh God, no, no. I give, I give it to my wife because I've, I've a clot in my leg and a burst and my ankle is swollen, so. She's helping me out now for dinner and, you know. All right, well, out, okay. You, you want to share the love then. Fair play to you because she's of looking course, at you. Of course, yeah. What about yourself, Aaron? Like, be honest now. Are you buying a watch or a ring for yourself or give it to the missus? Oh, I give it to the wife. Smart <laughs> Okay, how many cards in the deck have I got? One, two, four. I should have done this. Six, eight. You know I'm not a card player. Ten. Well, I got 13. So number between 1 and 13, Des? Uh, number 7. 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 7 is the 6 of diamonds. Right. Now, Aaron, you've got to get higher than the 6 of diamonds, so pick a card. Uh, number 9, please. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9... What do you think it is, Des? Or Aaron? What do you think it is? Ten diamonds. Not the ten, it's the eight. So unfortunately, Des, he's too ahead of you, Sorry about the clot in your leg. Try again tomorrow for your lovely wife, all right? Uh, thank you so much. Good thank luck. You. Aaron, well done. Eight beat six. We've got a 200 euro voucher from Michelle, the jewellers on Patrick Street. Enjoy, my friend, all right? Enjoy. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care of yourself. Do we have time? Do we have time? No? No? We'll do an awful lot more tomorrow, guys. I'm out of time. We'll pick up on that and all other conversations. Lines will stay open. You can text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. If you have a story to share, you can email neil at redfm.ie. We'll do that and lots more, including more opportunities to guess on our 10 grand giveaway. That's in the morning. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM.